Here lies the corpse of Toronto's golden child turned abusive uncle. Another year of Maple Leafs hockey is over, and like most years, they're out with a whimper rather than a bang. Too small, too soft, and worst of all, covered in warts. Screwed by the refs, yes, but more importantly, screwed by their own lack of execution, hunger, and grit. We put them to rest until it's time to try again this fall. You might not know, but this is another episode of The House That Happens, recorded live at Chewy's Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in the GTA, but it's number one in our hearts, and I'd say in all of the world. I'm Andrew Milani. Hi, my name is Cruz. And Cruz, what'd you think of that game last night? First of all, I thought that sounded like a eulogy. <laughs> That's I thought it was like outstanding. It. I thought it was great. I hope every Leaf fan in the city has heard that. Because when I was driving here today, there seemed to be a pallor over the city, bro. What's going on? I thought that was brilliant. Everybody that listens to the house that happens, I hope you listen to that three times. Because that's just a uh, Mr. Milani's way of saying, you're a sorry-ass, weak bunch of, come on, should have won that game. What happened, bro? Like I said, too small, too soft. Okay, I'm not going to go with the too small. Okay, we're going we're gonna to take a few minutes to, to digest this whole situation. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to let you get away with the too small bullshit. Look at the guys in your team. You got Giordano, you got Matthews, you got McCabe, you got Tavares, you got, um, uh, you got a lot of six foot guys out there. What you guys okay, The problem with have- those guys that you mentioned though, Tavares soft? and Matt. Oh, hold on. No, no, no. No, no. Okay. They, okay. okay. But their problem is, okay. They're big, yeah, but they play center. Center's the position where you get the least amount of hits, right? Okay. Giordano, he's lost a step. Good luck catching that guy to hit. <laughs> okay, okay, I got you there too. But okay, I'm going to say this, all right? Um, I thought it was a very entertaining hockey game, by the way, last night. I thought so too. Very, very entertaining. I, I like the way the Leafs fought back. I want to go back. I'd love to go back a few episodes and find it out, but there's somewhere out there where I'm on, on record as saying... When the Leafs start the playoffs, I thought they should have started with Wall right off the top. I think there's somewhere out there I mentioned that. I know you thought I was nuts. I well, I mean, some you got to go with the guy that got you there. That's the thing, right? Well, you know what? Once upon a time in 1971, if I can go all Christopher Russo on your ass, um, the Maple Leaf, the Montreal Canadiens had a guy named Rogie Vashon, remember? And he was a pretty solid NHL goaltender, okay? Yep. However, there was a guy... Just like Hall, who played about eight games for the for the Habs, he looked pretty solid. And when the game when they started, they said, "What are we going to do to play the big bad Boston Bruins, who included Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr, Freddie Stanfield, Ken Hodge, you name it." Uh, that was the year that Phil Esposito scored seventy six goals, and. Montreal said, no, man, we're going to try this rookie kid because he seems to be hot. What happened? You guys won the Stanley Cup. There you go. So I'm saying that at this day and age, like I'm going to get on a little rant about analytics the whole show, but my thing is the reason I liked Wall is because the statistics said in the American League he was tearing it up. He was, he was the, most definitely tearing it up in the, the American League. Best goalie in the American League, they said, going away. There was nobody could touch the guy. So let's look at it this way. When I was younger, your age or younger there, Mr. Milani, they used to take two or three years. Like It wasn't like Ken Dryden just stepped in. He was a 23-year-old. Well, 
Joseph Wall's what, 25? Whatever, that's what yeah. I'm saying. So that's a lot or 23 of, as well, I believe. Okay, is it 23? Actually, okay, yeah. so that's since he they've had years to work on their craft. <clears throat> He's solid goaltender. He goes side to side way better than Samsonov. Oh, 100%. Doesn't give up those fat, juicy rebounds that Samsonov gives up. And uh, it, it, it definitely was not scared of the moment. No, he wasn't. You know what I mean? So He's not a finished product, but I mean I, I like where his development's at. I'm saying that he if he's not one of your goalies next year, like you got okay, oh, Murray's gone, but I he's, think he's challenging to be if it's him and Samsonov as the duo next year, I think he's challenging to be starter. Oh, 100%. Next but, year. I, but I'm saying, you know, that bodes well for the Leafs because you have two guys that could start 40 games and you don't have to worry about it. Even though That's I think the that, formula now. I think that here's one of the things. Of course it is. But here's one of the things is I don't trust Russians in their attitudes when someone says, like, now Samsonov's going to think that he's the number one because of what happened. And now they start training camp and everyone's going to see what Hall's going to do and they're going to say, or Wall. Well, and, and, uh, He's going to look over and said, I think it's my job. Why do you think Bobrovsky moved around? He won Vezinas, and then someone came yeah. into camp, and he got pissed, and he freaking divaed out, and they shipped him out of town. I'm not well, saying- he was also playing in Columbus. <laughs> they were never going to pay him. <laughs> okay, okay, there's that little caveat. But the bottom line is I'm saying, um, and I'll br- br- bring this down to genetics, there's certain players that come from certain areas, have certain attitudes, and let's not deny it. Don sure. Cherry, are you proud of me right now? And I didn't say a word. In any event... Um, but Tampa won with some uh, Russians in primary positions. There is anomalies in everything in life, my son. Fair anomalies enough. in everything. Just let's get back to the Toronto Maple Leafs, okay? First of all, I'm and not... And Wall is turning 25 this July, by the way. He's 25, so there. He's had all the time in the world. It's not like he's some young kid. He's played a lot of games. Drafted twi- in, same draft as Matthews. Same draft as Matthews. So I think it's time like they've let him develop. They've kept him in the system this long. Yep. Then they've realized, hey, this guy's got some potential. Well, and, um, I've said it before on the show, steady improvements to his numbers every year. That goes back to his days at, uh, at Boston University or Boston, Boston College. College. Thank you. Yep. Um, I always get those two confused. Yeah. <laughs> I hate saying the word Boston, but that's another story. And then with the Marlies, too, every year, with the, like he had a little bit of a rough-ish. I mean, the, the American League's uh, not exactly a great league for goalies i'm told but uh, no and not only that like you're going from college hockey to the american league american hockey league that's that's completely different type of hockey alone just think of all the guys killing themselves in the ahl just to make it to the nhl so you got a whole new dichotomy going on there but i'm saying it's his maturity on the ice that impresses me oh he's he's got that zen thing going on yes yes definitely but we shouldn't be talking about that we should be talking about the truth here is the toronto maple leafs are a weak-ass team bro I'm sorry. They are soft. They got pushed around again. Now, everyone's going to say it's uh, the games are close. Okay? The games are close. But let's let's, let's let's look at the whole Leafs. When you go back now and you're going to take a big, uh, what do you call that, spreadsheet on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's go back to the first series where they won three games in overtime. And a couple of those games, they were severely outplayed. Mm -hmm. But they won, so you go on to the next round. So what happened was, what were some of the flaws in the Tampa Bay series? They should have been a little bit tougher. They Mm -hmm. weren't cashing in some chances. What happened in the Florida series? Why they didn't win? Because they weren't tough enough and they didn't score in their chances. Like Jamrock, whatever he said. Young Oh, what a chance in overtime. I thought the Leafs actually dominated the overtime. Well, I mean, they outshot uh, Florida, like, especially like third, shots, almost by third, third period, they really start to turn it on there. But I mean, the, the the main problem of this team, the main flaw is that they're built around those top four guys, to maybe even top five with Riley's contract. But I mean, the primary puck handler there, <laughs> Mitch Marner, uh, he, I don't know, he just forgets how to play 
in the playoffs. I don't know if he's in his own head or like reading too much of the headlines. Or... Okay, I heard that he says he doesn't turn on TV and he doesn't watch social media and blah blah blah. You know, what but, I, think? But I, I bet his buddies tell him about shit. Oh no, done. And he lives in Toronto. He grew up in this area, so he knows what it's all about. He's, of course, and, and and he played for the London Knights, who's one of the highest profile junior teams that you can think of. Oh, it's the crown jewel of okay, the junior okay. clubs in Canada. There you go. And so now, and you come here, and he, so that kind of pressure, that kind of media, that kind of stuff, he should be used to it. Now, how tall is Marner? 5'10"? He's my size, isn't he? Yeah. About 5'10", 180. I think he's generously listed at like 5'11 or something. Okay, well, I'm 5'11", but I don't think he's my height. But that's another story. Oh, he's listed at 6 foot. Hmm. Is that, oh, in, is that so in skates? Th- <laughs> okay, I must be in skates. Okay, he is like, I'm not saying he's short, and I'm not saying he's he's um, he's small, but I mean, he, what does the guy weigh? 180? buck 80? Probably. If he weighs that, okay. So the problem with him is when the going gets rough, he starts looking around for guys that are hitting him instead of just playing the game. Well, he's listed at 175. Okay, so he doesn't even weigh my weight. Okay, so let's jump, let's cut to the chase here. What I noticed is, and, and a lot of talking heads and pundits around the city were saying the same thing, people that formerly played in the NHL, is some games Marner looks scared. When your guy he looks just, scared, I, mean, I don't know he if he left. looks scared. He looks, he looks just out of it. Exactly. Well, he that's looks, called scared. He looks like he's looking around, like someone's going to hit him. You know what Marner should have done? He should have cross-checked someone to the face and ate the penalty. Simple as that. I mean, you know what? You let Bennett, you let Reinhardt, you let that. Um, what was the defenseman? The big defenseman, um, Ekblad. Oh yeah, he had a good series too. No, Barkov's a forward. He's another guy. But these, yeah, he's he has him and. Um, Oh my God! The other guy in Florida, Luke Tynan or whatever. Yeah, he, yeah. They both haven't been on the ice for a five, an even strength goal against in round two. They're the only two guys. Imagine that. That's a heavy duty stat, man. Yeah. Like that's something that you put in your back pocket. But my my take on the Leafs is this: they just did not have enough grit. So if you go back no. a couple of shows, here's what I said: when they had that massive trade deadline change. I said, this is going to be their disaster. If you go back and check them, why did I say? I said, it's too many wholesale changes. I don't think it would have made a difference, to be honest. I wanted Sandine and freaking Lilligren back. I don't give a shit. I'm going to I don't t- think I'm we make it past Tampa with those I guys. I don't know. I'm going to just say, I'm looking how the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing in, in, in January. They did not That's look That's not a regular season anymore, Cruz. Uh, agreed, but I mean, they had a certain flow to the game, and they were and they were playing good hockey. Now they're getting to the I trade think it's, I think it's a coaching issue. I don't think it's... So a, you fire Keefe? I fire Keefe, and I fire Shanahan. Whoa! Here's, I, here's my Whoa! thing. I think I think they did it wrong with the way they hired Whoa! their coaches. Why? Okay, Mike Babcock's deal finally expired, or expires, like, whatever, like, right now, now right, basically, yeah, right? Okay. Why... Did they have to throw him the bag at that time? It didn't make any sense. Because they wanted to secure secure him because other teams were... But that's not ego. That's ego. Well, then, well, that's... And that's the wrong choice. Okay. They fucked up and it sent them back. Okay. I uh, mean, with, with, like, if you're going to hire your coaches, I mean, you, they did the wrong way. You want to have guy, someone who's, like, a little bit more of a player's coach to kind of, like, get these guys in first. And then you want to bring in the hard ass when you want to fucking secure the Stanley Cup. Leafs did it fucking backwards. Okay, uh, I don't know. I think uh, they need uh, to go back to a hard ass. Fire Sheldon Keefe, hire back, or hire Joel Quenville, who we should have hired in 2008. Oh, I think you should have hired him in 2008, too. That, that's not another thing. So you oh, think, let's have Ron Wilson. What a joke. I thought Ron Wilson was good at the time. <laughs> I think that he was his, too stubborn. Yeah, oh, I agree. And then the fights with the media. Yeah. It seemed like he was fighting with the media more than he was running the team. And then the moment the Fire Wilson chance came in, he uh, had to it go. Was, it's over. But no, no, let's look at it. Very, very subtly, Paul Maurice is taking cracks 
at the Toronto media and what it's like to coach in Toronto. Sure. Because they ran him the hell out of town. And I thought Maurice was a pretty solid I like coach. Paul. I like Paul Maurice. I always have. Uh, okay, me too. Okay, now, I, I like the fact that he was honest. He said he went to Toronto, he went to Winnipeg, and he had a moment of burning out that he had to go home and sit in the couch for a while and recalibrate. <laughs> and that's a good thing because look at him now. He pulled the right strings. He put the right guys out there. Now, he's had a couple of animals. Like, I'm saying, what beat Toronto is not only the fact that they, like, it's the defenseman thing. What I'm getting back is at the trade deadline they made all those moves they got all those defensemen shen proved better was a great pickup he proved great great, great pickup, pickup. I, the him and riley pairing like i keep them they, around for next year a hundred percent even though he's getting a little long in the tooth now and you might have a giordano situation because he was definitely out of gas that's not that's not the shen? Player. yeah no um oh giordano giordano oh, i agree okay so he's he wasn't the same player in may that he was in january no okay and now no if that's due to ice time, due to training, now I'm not going to say any of that shit because I'm one of these guys. These are professional goddamn athletes. You work out. You have better this, better that, yeah. better food. I mean, blah, he's blah, also blah, 39 blah, blah, blah. and there's a lot of miles on that okay, body, right? Okay, there you go. But then you, you should be ready to go. So does he come back next year or do you cut well, him Well, he's loose? on contract. I mean, it's a, uh, for Giordano, he's on for 800K. I mean, yeah, low He'll risk. come back and play for that. Yeah, it's very low risk. So yeah. I mean, you, you gotta bring him back if he and if he's, he's good still, in the if, and he's good in the in the dressing room. Exactly. If he's good enough to play your third pair, obviously keep him on. If not, it's it, whatever. It won't be that bad. Maybe you give him a role in management like Jason Spezza. But uh, okay, so here's what we're gonna say right now. Let's cut to the chase in here. I'm gonna say here's the reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs lost. They do not have any grit. They don't have any dirt. They don't have any grease. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all the same guy on their roster. Okay, now, what I'm just saying is this. Now, I heard an interesting thing. I don't think that you should bring back the fourth line hammerhead. They've kind of phased out it. The fighter guy. Oh. Okay. No, I'm you're just that, saying uh, like it kind of like just in general. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to bring back no hammerheads. No, but your fourth it, line's got to have skill. Okay, agreed. But. On every team, including, and we do keep tabs on the Habs here. We'll get to that later. Okay, we will. But anyways, what I'm saying is that even if you look at a team like Montreal that didn't make the playoffs, or you got a team, what was the other team that didn't make the playoffs? Chicago. Okay, I noticed in Anaheim, all of these teams still had a guy out there that was going to take a swing at somebody or going to mess it up when things got crazy. Like you, and I'm not saying that I want a fighter. I don't want to say I want a goon. But I want to know that I have someone on my team when a guy like Bennett takes his glove yeah. and fucking hits Marner in the freaking chin. Marner's not going to fight. I don't want Marner no, to fight. No. Okay, and I Neither get do I. Okay, but so now he's got this guy pushing him around. When the kid got knocked to the ice and nobody protected the kid... That's where it started for yeah. me. So what you got to do is I don't care. Remember two years ago, one of the reasons that you guys lost was that play when Gallagher reached up and dummied Austin Matthews to the ground. Mm -hmm. Remember that play? Yeah. Gallagher, no, first of all, he freaking, he slew-footed nearly Mariner. Nearly, remember that day? And in about yeah. two minutes, and he got the penalty for the Mariner one, but he dumped down. So what was Gallagher be, being? Gallagher was just being a freaking Tasmanian devil. Because mm -hmm. he said, the only way we're going to beat these guys is we got to get we got to get them on the edge. When the game gets on the edge, the Leafs never have anybody to push back. I think McCabe yeah. tried. Yeah, he did. But I mean, I, I've talked about this with my friends. They need, like... Just that crazy guy just to kind of, like, mix things up, you know, start that's, throwing hits. That's you know? what I'm saying. That one guy. And you know what? Put him on now, the line. No, he? keep going. I'm saying now put him on the line with, like, Bunting tried to be that guy. First of all, he's not big enough. 
and bunting, he's stupid. Uh, well, um, well, bunting. He also, after coming back from that uh, from the suspension, he's looked a little more timid, shall we say? Because he's scared now. You changed his DNA. <laughs> you changed his DNA. He's scared to lose the lineup, so he, well, did, well, he did, didn't play. Did we change the, the DNA, edge. or did the league do it by giving him that three-game suspension? Which, oh, by the way, uh, player safety has been all over the place. Oh, we're these gonna playoffs, get we're gonna but, get to that. the uh, The bottom line is what I'm, I'm saying about bunting is this. It was almost like he was a neutered dog in the in the later round in in this series yeah. because the other one he was playing with more abandoned and that's well, what especially, made, especially in the first game. Yeah, so even now, coming back in that Tampa series, he looked he looked a little bit more, you know. Well, they made him sit the extra game. And like you got to figure you're a starter on the Toronto Maple Leafs and you spent you, you put a lot of mileage this season on the first mm-hmm. line. You know, like you were a top 6 forward on on a on a team that was a top 5 team. Yep. So, I know someone's got to have a talking with uh Bunting this offseason. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to bring him shoes, have a beer, and I'm going to say, go back to be doing what you were do, you're doing, guy. That's your bread and butter. <laughs> if you get a few penalties, you get a few fines, we'll start to go fund me. Now, you know? Tyler Bertuzzi's a free agent this summer. Should the Leafs. That's the guy you, you you target. There's I a guy agree. right there. There's a guy right off the bat. You're thinking, you're, you're going to help your team out. Um, I definitely think, think you're going to pick it up. I'm going to say, because I don't want to talk about the Leafs all day because those losers are done. I heard they're all going to be at Weston Golf Course down the street by <laughs> Wednesday. They all got tea times, but that's just another joke. Okay, so what do we have here? Let's be serious. Keith has been outcoached for five playoff series in a row. I will definitely say that he he's there, but I'm saying, like, what happens in between games? You don't think him, Dubas, and Shanahan are in the same room talking about what the lineup's going to be? Is this strictly on Keith? Like, he's not a Babsock. Babsock had that freaking free hand. That's why he had to get rid of him. He said, hey, Marner, tell me what guys you don't like and all that <laughs> bullshit. Like, come on. That was stupid. That's why he had to get rid of him. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? You're wrecking bad for everybody. Everybody and everybody. So but I mean, like, like, I don't get why Keefe was just, like, so loyal to that lineup. And it was when it wasn't really quite working. Like, why why did Matthews, Marner, and Yarncrook have to stay that top line? Those me, I'm changing it up. I'm going Matthews, Nylander, Bunting as my top line. What'd you say? Matthews, Nylander, Bunting. That would have been Matthews, my top line. Matthews, Nylander. Matthews, Nylander. Okay, yeah, yeah, was yeah, going yeah. the series. Okay, I would. You know what? I would have. I would have thought about that too because I thought that the most chances, the best chances last night were when Matthews and Nylander were on the ice at the same time. All series, you know, like when every time they got out there, they they were more. Yeah. I Meanwhile, thought, when Matthews is on the ice with uh, Marner, they're getting out chanced. Well, the reason they're getting no chances is Marner's not playing his game. Uh, exactly. He, he, he made Matthews He's, look bad. Matthews looking over like, what are you doing, bro? So here's the thing: Matthews and Marner, July first, they have full no move clauses kick in. Nylander is a 10-team no-trade that kicks in July 1st. You got to get rid of Marner before then. What? I'm trading Marner. Whoa! He's always the guy, Whoa. the first guy bitching about the media. I'm okay, sorry. I got, and he's I looked got to it. as a leader of that team. He's not a leader type. Well, he's got that A on his sweater. Uh, yeah, you know, is that for That's asshole? A, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, think it's, it's a, I like it's, Marner. It's I, would think I think it would be a mistake to trade him. He's got too many skills. He might win a Frank Selke. Okay, but Cruz, this is this is about. It's not about Frank Selke trophies for the Leafs. No, no, it's, it's about, about Stanley, Stanley Cups. Cups. Okay, so what? How's you, he doing in the playoffs? Okay, so here's what you do: you bring in a you bring in a um, a wingman, you bring in a guy riding shotgun. I'm telling you. So that's who's the guy a, that you move out then? I say you mo- don't move anybody. I'm then a, how are you going to have the cap space to bring in a guy like a Bertuzzi then? Okay, I don't know what they're going to do then. Maybe they're going to – the Matt Murray money's off the – oh, no, he's one more year. He's a two-year, I, right? I think he's a buyout candidate. Oh, he's 100% buyout candidate. But, like, in his uh, – I, I did the calculation for his buyout. Next year, it would only be, like, 
600K against the cap? No, they're MLSC. Buy them out now. That's what I'm saying. It's 600K against the cap next year if you buy them out. That's nothing. Do it. Okay, yeah. yeah. You do it yesterday. You you got it. He's got it. So it's only 600 against cap? For next year, but then the year after, it's like two, I think. Oh, if they cut them early. So the first year's one and one's the other? Yeah. Uh, Buyouts are weird like that in the NHL. I know. But the funny thing is is that, like, Ottawa's still kind of... I mean, either way, I guess Ottawa's still kind of on the hook for the money, but... uh, a bit, yeah. Okay, we know that. The bottom line is, okay, you get rid of him. Okay, um, Giordano, you bring him back because he's... He's got, on contract. He's on contract. Um, Justin I think, Hall is a free agent. I think he's bye bye He's not uh, coming back. I got. I said, I signed Luke Shen back on a two-year deal. Hopefully oh, he takes a sweetheart deal. I think that he will. Uh, I'm I'm saying that you better go search for a tougher defenseman. Like McCabe, that, well, I, I think Jake McCabe, I, I kind of like hang him out there kind of like see what I can fetch for him no he's, no no because then you're gonna go I, I believe you're gonna look for him again that'll be next well year I'm looking but my point is that you look for an upgrade if you if, sniff around if you can find an upgrade for him get it if not like I'd be fine bringing him back so what are Leafs gonna do in the draft they don't have a lot of drafts capital this year I don't believe uh they have a first round pick then they should draft a defenseman. By they're late in there, there'll be a defenseman. I think that's that the plan. They should because you're saying they're not. Might, as we were talking about the draft, there might not be a top ten defenseman in that draft, but there's somebody you could draft in the first round that you could develop. Yeah, I'm looking at. Uh, Isn't there the, a guy, the, the WHL so, guy? There's a guy in the WHL. I think he's a top. We're usually great defenseman. I haven't. I've, I've just looked at the top five so far for the draft, but I'm looking. So top ten North American skaters, they're all forwards. That's what I mean. Yeah, and there's then no, top, and then the top ten European skaters, eight of them are forwards. Yeah, there's no, there's no great defenseman, but I'm saying there's got to be some. It's, a, it's a deep draft, though, so you, there's going to be some diamonds in the rough there. Agreed. So the Leafs are going to go down that road. My opinion is this, which this in about seven bucks will they're get probably you drafted. Trade down if uh, Dubis is still the GM. <laughs> you never know. It's Mr. Analytics himself. The bottom line is this. I would keep this core. What I would try to do is what you tried to do at the trade deadline is you add a little grit, but I think that you changed the mix too much and they couldn't get it together by the end of the season. I'm taking that I don't to think the that's bank. That's a problem. Oh, I, okay. If it, what, if Sandine would have given them the, the grit that they needed, Cruz? Come on, wake no, up. No, I'm saying that he could have been the guy that, sco- that gave you the more offense that you would have scored and got us over the edge. He would have been playing scared like Marner. I don't know about that. We'll never know. What? But Cruz, we've seen this a million times before. He's the guy like that's scared with the puck. Uh, what about. What, you know, some years you get better. Like, some years you look this way. Okay, and but, like, there's got to be some sign of development. It wasn't there with Sandine. I've been watching this guy for the last three years. Same story. Okay, well, I'm, I'm just saying that my, my thing is when the Leafs are at the peak of their performance this year, their number one defensive pairing was Lilligren. No, it wasn't. You say it was Giordano. It was Giordano and Hall. They got the most. They were playing 24 minutes a night. Hall is a bum. I don't know. How Sandine they got and Lilligren were playing sheltered minutes against other teams. They were the first lines. unit on the power play. Okay, fine. That's different though. There. You're not playing other Riley teams' best there. players there. Yeah, but they and were like right. that doesn't count for your plus minus. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I, I will agree to that. I'm just saying that somewhere along the line, my th- my taking was, and I've said this on the show a number of times, the way that they jacked around all this defense was going to kill them in the playoffs. I don't think that was the reason why. Okay, so we're going to wait and see. So we got all off-season to discuss how pathetic the Toronto Maple Leafs were again in the playoffs, disappointing their fan base. All those, look at you, all, look at your grandmother, those Polish grandmothers, Ukrainian grandmothers. They all oh, had man. to cry in their soup making breakfast this morning because all of their husbands it's, were miserable. It's such a tough spot for this team. I mean, you got to put everything into game. Matthew's back. Oh, yeah, no, no. But you, I don't know if he signs back. 
No, but I mean, I think your core is good. I think Mar Marner, uh, you know what? You do have a point here because now he has a resume that says scurred. Scurred. I'm very scurred when I'm out there. <laughs> and he makes bad passes when he does that. He's obviously you know I mean? rattled by the media. Okay, and, and, and you know, he, he doesn't have to play tough. He just has to, like, you know what I mean? Just play his game. Play his <laughs> game. And, like, he, he's looking like a deer in the headlights. Oh, my God. Like, like, you would trade hey, him, though. Uh, seriously? Cruz, he couldn't make his game. own entry. <laughs> he was losing the puck every time at the oh, blue line. Seen Sometimes in his own end. Yeah, but you know what? It was because he was looking over his shoulder. He wasn't playing himself. So we agree the playoffs are bigger than him. You want to get rid of him? Fine. Yeah. Hey, uh, who's the new guy in Montreal? Hughes? The GM? I forget his oh, name. Oh, yeah. Give Toronto a call. <laughs> We 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 can do that. We Fat got chance. We're okay, if well, Marner's going, he's going to the Western Conference. Okay, but let's pick him up. And you know what we'll do? We'll put Josh Anderson on his line. See how that would work. Okay. We'll put jo a guy like you. Imagine <laughs> Josh Anderson playing on a line with Marner. It would probably work out pretty well. You're damn right because you know what? Toronto doesn't have a Josh Anderson type forward. That's the guy you should look for. Now, I heard Montreal was. If Anderson can stay healthy, he's done pretty good this year. He played what? He played seventy games this year, didn't he? Uh, did he? I think he played 70 games this year. It's the most he's played in the last five years, I've, I've yeah. heard. I, and he's still only 26 years old. Yeah. Not that he's going to come to, to uh, Toronto. Stop it. If we trade him, I'll lose my shit. I never, no, I never said he did. But he's I'm, not a player. Honestly, he's not. I like his game, but I'm not crazy about no, his game. No, I'm not saying, okay, I'm saying when it comes to the playoffs, you need a guy like that. Sure. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be Josh Anderson. Look around the league. There's a few guys like that. Look at a couple guys on Dallas. I got their lineup again. Uh, where's my tablet here? There's a couple forwards on Dallas. The, um, one guy's easy Finnish or Swedish or whatever they want to call those guys. But in any event, um, Dallas has got a couple of those forwards that are gritty. Sure. They disappear a couple games. And that's why Dallas is. But I still think they're going to win. I think they're still going to win the... Uh, Ooh. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's a tough series to call. I was I was saying before we got to entertain the possibility of a Seattle versus Carolina final. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna get on that in a second because I heard well Dallas. Okay, so Sagan, Ben Robertson, Pavelski, Marchment, Faxa, oh, Pence, Faxa. Domi, yeah. Dadanov. Oh, Do Domi's playing well, but very well. Yeah, they're, they're they're playing well. None of these guys are scoring. They don't have to, but. Um, my point is, when the dirty gets dirty, a couple of those forwards are banging, including Domi. Like they're yeah. they're, they're they're letting their presence being known. Like they're not getting. No, you know what? In that series, nobody's getting pushed around on either side. Mm -hmm. The both sides are coming to play. You know what I'm saying? They're banging, they're hitting, they're going for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I want to get to a little bit. I want to get back on the Leafs a little bit. A little bit okay. of the bullshit that I saw in the series. Let, let's hear it. That was a goal. Oh, that was a goal. <laughs> Damn. We that forgot was, to bring that, that was, a, was goal. a goal. That hurt. That hurt. I don't know how they not like. What was the call? I'm not getting that one. I, I didn't. I'm understand glad it. you brought that up. That's a that's a TSN turning point too. Huge. Oh, because how long was that review? That was five ten minutes. Oh, and I'm saying was a fix in from Vegas. When I see him taking that long to do it now, when they showed that one replay. That was definitive. Now, they're going to try to say that he pushed it over and brought it back. No. It crossed the line. And the whistle never blew. Well, that, I never heard no whistle either. The, the referee was going goal, and then they said the call was the whistle went off. Remember the referee oh said God. the play was called dead? The worst was, I don't know if you fast-forwarded through uh, the Sportsnet panel talking that. Did you about no. that? Did you watch that? No. Oh, my God. So, 
Elliot Friedman, I'll give him a lot of credit. He's usually kind of a little bit of a leaf hater, but even he's going like, guys, like we gotta have like puck tracking technology just so we can like get rid of this BS, right? Oh yeah, he. Oh, I did hear that. Yeah, I did. But then like Kelly Rudy was like, yeah, but as a goalie, I feel as a goalie, I feel like it would be like this. Oh, Rudy should have shut up. Oh then. my god, because like, he was defending the goal. Cares. It's yeah, he was defending that it should have been no goal because yeah, as a goalie, you want like this. It's like, buddy, I don't give a shit about how either. you feel as a goalie. That Is could, it in or not? It was in. It was in. But here's the crazy thing about that: he was speaking strictly from a goalie fraternity talk, oh so I can't god. give it credit. I couldn't when he was talking about that. Oh, the goalie this, the goalie that. I say no. Now here's a Another play that I thought that that I didn't like, and I thought that uh, Stahl should have got Academy Award when he got when when Riley freaking shot the puck, it bounced off his helmet, and oh, they said yeah. the player said they, they went around the, the day and they stopped the play. Stahl went to the bench going, <laughs> it hit him in the side yeah. of the helmet. It never hurt the guy, but he knew the play. He was out of the play. What do you do? You pull a LeBron, mm. boom, hit the ground. You don't get up. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, that was another play that I thought of. I thought that the um, the Leafs squandered two power plays. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I, that, you know what? And, and now, okay, I'm going to say this, and it sounds like a contradiction. The Leafs had 50 shots after the overtime was done last night. A lot of those shots were coming from everywhere, in the third period especially. But my take on it is this, and it's not just the Leafs, but it's a lot about in this league is, shoot the goddamn puck! Oh, me and my friends were having flashbacks to the... Uh Right, like basically, with the right after the lockout era Leafs, where it was like the power play, Caberlet to McCabe, back to Caberlet oh, to Sundin, no, back to Caberlet, oh, back to Sundin. Caberlet's holding on to the puck. Everyone in the stadium, shoot! shoot oh, remember shoot! that? Oh, exactly, and that's what I'm saying down now too. Is like I remember back in the day, and like there's you always hear the talk about '80s hockey, '90s hockey, the 2000s hockey, blah blah blah. I don't care what area you're in, shoot the freaking puck, shit, shit's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Look at the last series in Tampa Bay. What ended up getting some goals? They got some grimy goals. Oh, yeah. Because they started. They didn't get no grimy I, goals. I do, okay, so do you think it was just like the Florida having bigger players while the Leafs weren't able to get as much traffic on net the series? They or? didn't hit back. That's what I mean. When you're in front, you hit back. Look at I'm going to say this one more time, and, that's, and it's going to sound bad because I keep tabs on the Habs. Gallagher's in that freaking mess, and how big is Gallagher? He goes in there. No, you gotta go. You gotta go down Main Street if you want to score a goal. Mm-hmm. Now, does Marner go in there? No. No. The only guy I seen going in there on a regular basis is the Lafferty line and Tavares. I don't Man, even see Lafferty. Going to, he, he, he had a little to, bit of a rough start to his Leaf career, but now you keep him. Oh well, I mean he's on contract for another year, anyways. But like, boy, he's looked he's looked really good last few games. And uh, he was your grit. And you know sure. what? Sometimes I think that they should have put him out there against Bennett and those Reinhardt guys because they, they, that, that's the bad coaching on Keefe's part. When you had the last thing, he <laughs> I should, won't disagree with that. He should like sometimes I've seen the line change would have been get those guys away because Bennett was out there head hunting. He wasn't playing hockey. He was yeah. just out there. He was gooning around. I don't. And he looked like somebody from the Flintstones with that beard. <laughs> Come on, losing his hair. Does he have teeth? Come on, he probably chews on his stick in between shifts. Come on, that, that's what the Leafs need that guy though sure you know um I mean? uh, speaking of that guy radical guda should have been suspended for that late hit on comp last game 100 percent. so let's, that was exactly like the mccarr hit that got him 100 percent. now let's talk about this for a few minutes you know we're, we're going to get away from the least for a second is let's just go around and see what's happening in the league about what they call and what they don't petrolangelo and nurse both got one games um that's very weird how it went because Nurse was an idiot. 
Let's cut to the chase on that. The guy was an idiot. However, did those two need to go at it? Yes, they did. And they're talking about is a stage fight or not? Oh, no. What these guys are doing, and they were showing all those highlights of him and what's his name? What's that guy's name that he finally went after? Hag or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Those two have been chirping on each other for a whole game, for a whole series, okay? Mm -hmm. They've been sticking, banging, poking, yelling, screaming. That's why you bring back the 80s and 90s because what happened was they would have got over that in the first period. Let's get oh, this sure. out of let's get this out of the way. So what it does is it festers for the whole game. It's probably what the old school was like in Europe where you're not allowed to fight, where they let them go and something bad happens and someone gets suspended. So I'm going the law of the land says nurse had to be suspended. He skated in, mm -hmm. he was the instigator. We don't want to have stage fights, blah blah blah. He goes I think maybe they should change that rule. Because like, they could have used Nurse, but what they got away with is Petroangelo being suspended, and he should have been suspended. Oh, yeah. uh, there's no, you, you, there's no, oh, they say, well, what do they say about him? He's got the pedigree where he's not a, he's not a uh, dirty player. Uh, he's not known for getting penalties. Yeah, he doesn't have that reputation. I've never hit my wife in my life. If I go home and punch my wife in the face tonight, do you change your way you think about me? <laughs> when I seen Petroangelo coming down, swinging for that two-run double, I said, what the hell, buddy? I don't care how many times you're in the league, what your reputation is, you're a solid Canadian, you played for Team Canada, blah, 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 blah. When you come in with a baseball bat swing on a guy because you're losing the game, F you. Yeah. Bro, I, I got to think of the guy differently. Now, I, okay, they say it's in the moment. You're mad. Yeah, sir, if I punch my wife in the face tonight, she's got to do something <laughs> absolutely insane. Like, for me to... Sure. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't even talk like that. I said I would quit saying that many, many shows ago. But, I mean, the analogy is this. That's not going to happen, for starters, yeah. okay? But Petroangelo did something completely out of character. You, I don't care who you are. Okay, now, what if that had been a bunting? Or somebody like that. You think they're going to get more than one game? They're getting three or four. But he got one game, and then the nurse came. So I thought it was like a the, well, uh, the Even the bunting even one. Like, he had a little bit of a reputation with the referees, sure. But that was his first suspension. Exactly. I don't and, know and, how that was a three-gamer. I'll still never get that. Well, that's my point on it. I think maybe Petriangelo should have got three. What do you think was worse? Be just because um, bunting got him in the head? No, it was beginning. You know what? Look, like it wasn't was bunting didn't leave his feet. No, and, and and not only that, the guy was ducking low because yeah. here's the other thing: that guy was thinking about I want to put freaking bunting through the boards. Yeah, like he didn't hit like no wallflower here. Come sure. on, you know what I mean? This was dry sidle that he took a swing at. One of the top offensive players in the league. One of your the shiny best diamonds. Of these playoffs. Okay, and the best player possibly in these playoffs. Which you know what I thought was interesting. I I thought that. Um, this is the difference between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. McDavid, who's sneaky dirty, by the way, sneaky dirty <laughs> yeah. player. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I think he should start getting called for some of his bullshit. But he went after Petriangelo. Good for him. He, you know what I mean? At least he made a like, you know, like he wasn't going to yeah. drop the clubs and suddenly become Mike Tyson. But he did make sure that, hey, Petriangelo, you can't do that. And they had their little skirmishes going on. What I'm saying is that I never seen Matthews do that. Nope. You know what I mean? It's too busy picking up the sticks. Oh, and I, the last thing, I, if I played in the NHL, the last thing I want to be, you can call me a cocksucker. You can call me a piece of caca. You can call me lame. I don't want to be called the guy that picks up the sticks. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. So I want to kind of 
we'll get to more of Edmonton later, but I just want to say uh, Department of Player Safety, just a mess. Horrible, no consistency. At least when Shanahan was in charge, he had those videos to at least explain yes. the thing. I like that. I, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And But now it's like, oh, that's just like, it is what it is. Like, suck on that, hockey fans. And it's Peros is the guy. Former Ab. Not Burr. Psycho. And they're letting this guy decide. And when did he become an angel? Oh, I don't see it that way. Mofo, I seen you play hockey. Yep. It was that way, buddy. <laughs> what are you telling me? So some of his explanations I go, or his press releases I go, and then I see Peros at the bottom. What did he do? Did he have a revelation? You know, did he go down by the river and get doused and said, I am now a freaking, I'm believer in like this? Come when, on. When Colton Horror put that last punch into his head, it, uh, it changed him. Maybe that's what happened. I'm not really sure. But Do you I, remember that game? Oh, 100%. 2013 he, opening yeah. night. I, I, I was at a bar. Uh, and downtown. he was never the same. He never played again. Never played again. But that, but that, was he, the, that was his last game. And guess what? He left on a stretcher. Yeah, but you know what? He stuck his jaw out there too, didn't he? He was a tough guy. Oh, he was—he was a goon. Yeah, of course Let's he was. Not... But look, where was his hands? He was looking like, "What do you got, buddy? <laughs> you got it." <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember. If you go back and look at it, even when they show it now, Paris was looking at him like, "What do you got, buddy?" Boom! Okay. I don't know what he was thinking going uh, at Colton Orr. <laughs> like oh, Colton Orr can scrap. Uh, no, of course he can. And Colton Orr is a big boy. And obviously uh -huh. he's, got a, he's got a jackhammer of a hit. We know yeah. that now. But it was the way that Peros approached the fight. Yeah. Is that what got him knocked? It's like the old Kiprios one. Yeah. Calling the ref. Took his eye. Bang! Never played again. You cannot do that. But that's something we're talking about. We're talking about that fact that he is running how we're disciplining players. And there's a big disconnect in these playoffs. If you look. What? Sit down. We're not, no, no, no. We're going to have that show. Oh, we would have had an extra. Come on over here for a second there. We're, we're going to go. Anyways, um, welcome, Serge Sink, to the house proprietor of Shoeys Bar and Grill, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke. Serge, we just want to say one thing. What do you think about the uh, player safety situation in these playoffs? Well, the league's not what it used to be. So, you want safety, you have to be consistent all across the board, which it is. That's our point. It hasn't been consistent. That's what's driving us nuts. Like, for example, how did that uh, hit on Comp the other night? Like, McCarr got, got suspended, but he didn't. What are you going to do? It's inconsistency at the top. you got to fix the top first. Okay, so we fire Peros? No, you got to get on the same page with everybody. Have meetings, not just one guy dictating everything. Okay, we had a discussion just before we come in here. What we used to like is when Shanahan had that job. Remember he would show the videos and yeah. he would say, this is why we're doing this. Have you seen any videos or any explanations no. these days? No, they don't explain it. Plus the NHL draft. Why wasn't it shown live? Why well, didn't we see the... Well, because we they've done that before and people have just been more suspicious. We're going to get we're gonna get back <laughs> gonna to, get that to that in a second. We're going to get back to that, okay? Now, my, no, my take is this, and this is a good point you brought up here, Serge. This is what we're talking about, okay? Bunting got three games, okay? Bunting got three games. Petrangelo for that freaking three swing at the two run home run. He got one. Okay, now here's what they're trying to say. What about you? No, but nurse. Okay, well, okay. They, I think they got to change that rule. Yeah, hundred Okay, they got to change that rule. Okay, but nurse was an idiot. Yeah. Let's cut to the chase here. Nurse was an idiot. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but our point is this: How did Bunting get three games and Petrangelo only got one? Back to, back again. You got to go talk to George. 
Back again, talk to Jordan. I want to see the video. The I want to see the screen and you say, this is what happened. Now, we, we've said this for the last couple of weeks. we said this for the last couple of weeks that Bunting hit that Cerna guy. He was going low. Bunting came up, caught him in the head, and they said the main reason they had the penalty was because they hit in the head. By the way, this Cerna guy would have put Bunting through the frickin' wall if he had a chance. 100%. Okay? So now, how can you give Bunting three games who's never been suspended before in his career, just like Petrangelo? Never been suspended yeah. in his career. Do you see Petrangelo and what he did with that stick? Yeah. What if well, he had a broke tricep's arm? Yeah, then it would have been, you know, more than one game. But that's not <laughs> consistent. That's our point. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like sometimes it is about the, like, how long the other guy's injured. Sometimes it isn't. Like, it's, I don't know. It's whatever yeah. the NHL feels like. That's what it is. That's wrong. And they got to change that. They yeah. got to set certain rules. Set it down. Okay, now, now here, here's the point now. You got a good point there. My take is now, so they have a certain rule. Nurse was automatically suspended. That's the weird one. Because I don't think that's one of those ones, and everybody says that, okay, it's the rule of the, the law of the land, and that's why we have it. But in that situation, you know what, Serge, we I was telling Andrew, Hagen and Nurse have been going at it the whole series. Right. If this was 1991, what would have happened? They would have settled that in the first period, in the first 10 minutes. It wouldn't even be an issue right now. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be a story. They would have settled this. So what they that do... That was real hockey. Yes. Everybody says, oh, that's not hockey. Hockey's different now. It's not... You can't compare back then to now. Agreed. At all. At all. Okay, I agree. But I'm saying this. What they did back in the day... They didn't let these things fester for freaking four games in a playoff nope. series. Nope. Either you had three scraps or things were, you took care of it. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? They, you, they don't take care of nothing now. Nope. You know what I mean? What's your take on what are the Toronto Maple Leafs going to do now? Do you think they lost because they had no grit? That's my call. I, 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 I wanted them to win yesterday. We I all really did. did. I want to. We I, all I did. I to keep my buddy Andrew here happy. You know. Yes, we all. I know, appreciate and it. I was, and actually, I was. Genuinely happy for all my Leaf fans that were winning the first round game. I saw them smile, you know. And yes, they, they were happy, yes. and I was like, "I'm happy for some people." You know, yes, they're happy. Yes, you know? we were standing you here know, together, and we yeah. all congratulated them yeah. that night. Remember, yeah. we were all yeah. there. Yeah. They gave us a little diss because right. of our allegiance, well, I, but yeah. we respected them. Yeah, yeah, I ignore that stuff because that's so of course you know, we do. Yeah. <laughs> we keep tabs on the Habs. That's they, all they, they do. Means <laughs> something, but it doesn't. Okay, my, we're we're saying this. Okay, I I want to ask you this really quick. They had no grit. Now, Andrew had a crazy take just before you get in Nylander here. Nylander was your best player. Agreed. Just, agreed. There, there, agreed. You there you go. Okay, so there, you know uh, what I mean? And he played said. tough, and he was tough. Okay. Tough, yeah. So here, here's a take that Mr. Milani made, and I'm going, what? I'm going to ask you, did Leafs got to change something along the way here before the offseason? He says trade Marner. Yeah, Marner, he made some not-so-great comments after those couple losses to the media and this and that. You just just put your head down and work. Put your I head agree. down and work. You know, don't say it's me and Matthews, blah, 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 blah. He ruined Matthews, yeah. I think, because he couldn't get the puck to him. Every time he passed him, he's looking around for another player, and Matthews is going, hey, buddy, what are you doing? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He took I, – I think that, Andrew, I really do. I think that he he's, took away – He's, he's weak-minded. I mean, let's go back to uh, October, November. It, they were – remember Leafs had, like, a terrible start to the season. Yep. They had, like, blew all those games in California. Yeah. Keith said our elite players weren't being elite. Marner, oh – that should that should stay in the dressing room. Oh, oh right. right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Too hard on us. That's the softest criticism I've ever heard, like yes. ever. And you're like pissed off about well, that. Come on. Yeah, I got you. I got you there. That's just brutal. As, as you're saying, Cruz, the the grit. This maybe they need a new voice in the room, man. They need a shake up. You know, mm -hmm. like this, this Keith guy, the coach right now. Like, 
You know, maybe need I, different... I'm thinking they should keep the nucleus. What I'm saying is, like, I well, said... Well, I think he's talking more about coaching, coaching right? Oh, coaching, yeah. Oh, no, I think Keith got out coached. There's no doubt about series that. in a row. It's not even the coaching. It's, it's about the, the the way the players respond to you. Exactly. You know, and right now, there's a lot of coaches available, like... Joel Quenville. Would, yeah, Quenville. I heard he's going to uh, New York, but... Uh, okay, but... Okay, I mean, but, the, the blue no, and I white. Gerard Gallant. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gerard Gallant. Either of those, I'd be, I'd be happy Gallant, with. People will listen to you, and he's a winner. Okay, he agreed, wins, you know but what? okay, I'm going to say this. <laughs> and he's a I bit think, of a crazy motherfucker, too. Uh, yeah, which is good. No, no, my grandfather loves Gerard Gallant. Oh, when he oh, yeah, played yeah, with the not. Red Wings. With oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he always brings that up. He's like, he's, he was a tough guy. Oh, oh he's yes. a, you know what? If you've seen that guy play, he's exactly no, the guy that the Toronto Maple Leafs lineup needs right now if they had a Gerard Gallant. Because yeah. remember those days? Nobody yeah. fucked with Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Nobody. Eiserman went right out there. He, he went out there. The, the Leafs try to get bring these players in that are past their prime. You know what I mean? They're getting... Like, agree, but Giordano worked out this year. He's one of the guys yeah. that did work out. He played solid, yeah, but I'm yeah. not saying that's going to work every time. I agree he with you. He minutes. A million guys can chew minutes. Sure. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. Here's what I said to Andrew, and I said, here's what a difference would have made. Imagine if they had a line that said, Austin Matthews, Marner, and Josh Anderson on a wing. Yeah, listen. I gotta get going, guys, but I'll be back. Alrighty, okay. Good to get here. We're not we're not dissing Jacques Lemaire. I'll be back before you. Don't pick up That's a story for another time. Thanks so, for coming in there, Serge. But continue, Andrew. Yeah. So, just one more thing I want to bring up about bring up about the Leafs that I thought was funny. Uh, game three, the only game that the Panthers weren't penalized. Who was the referee? Oh, that's just that. That's becoming a never-ending story, isn't it? Mark, I'm gonna keep bringing it up until the NHL at, addresses this because it's getting at stupid. At the house that happens, we we do want to point stuff out that other people may be afraid to say. But this Macaulay situation and the Toronto it's Maple beyond Leafs, suspicious. Oh my God! I'm I like as soon as you said it, I realized. I said you're right, and he refed again. That's just you know what? There's too much. Like it's not a coincidence anymore. Yeah. There's a resume. Yeah, like was it like one time? You know, it's whatever. It's an anomaly. Anomaly. You know, two times. You know, coincidence. Th three times or more. That's a pattern. Thank you very much. And that's just so weird that that went on like that. I mean, and it's, that's a game three. Big game. Oh well, that, that turned the series around. Like that's why the Toronto Maple Leafs aren't playing hockey today. That's a, that's a, a pertinent reason to. In any event, before we leave the Leafs, I just want to say one thing: the Toronto Maple Leafs fans brought it. They really did. They really, like, Toronto's been known for kind of a little bit of a lame crowd. They sit in their hands. They don't get to the seats till five minutes into the period. No, that crowd was fired up from, like, every, the first second last and, and night. Every game, especially yep. in this series, you got a big shout-out to the Leaf fans. They they showed it, people in the outside the stadium. Like, like you, you can't, you know, sometimes you're supposed to play off the momentum of your yeah. crowd. I don't think that the Leafs use that to their advantage. No, you no. You know what I, I mean? I mean, people like to pick on, you know, Leaf fans as whatever – this and that, but I mean, like, we're some as of the most passionate as any yeah, place exactly. in the world, man. Was, I don't give a damn. I've been living here forty some years. You guys have had your ridiculous moments, but as for fans, uh, like the support, especially this year, the the rabid, passionate. I, I loved it. I yeah. thought it was great. As Serge and I were saying, we were congratulated. People were smiling in the city. People were tossing yeah. their drinks. They were having a good time. Too bad it ended this way, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, we should wrap this up. Congratulations yes. to the Florida Panthers. Yep. First conference final appearance since 
96, I believe. Uh, what's his name? Was the goalie? Um, Van Beesbrook. Van Beesbrook. What a fantastic mask, yeah. by the way. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but, but Van Beesbrook was the goalie back then. That's a that's a long, long. Ed Jovanovsky was on that team. Rob Niedermeyer. Yes, it was. Now, here's <laughs> the crazy thing. I'm always wondering what ESPN is going to say because now the two, like, they're good cities. The Leafs didn't pack a Lizzo sized lunch. Is that what uh, Subban's uh, going to say? Something like that. But here's the deal now you got Florida and Carolina. In the conference finals. So one of those two teams are definitely going to have to go to the Stanley Cup finals. Yes. What does that do for ESPN's ratings? Or I, I believe it's TNT this year that's carrying the bulk. But it's... Uh... Is it? They're hoping right now that Edmonton's got to win because then they got the marquee player of McDavid to play. I mean, Vegas has some draws well, though. I think, they, I think they'd I think they be more happy about Vegas just because of they're an American team. I'm hoping that Dallas gets in, really. That's what I'm hoping. But wouldn't it be hilarious? You know oh, what I'm boy. thinking? We've already brought it up. Why don't we have a Seattle-Carolina final? How would that <laughs> be for ratings, fans? Well, I mean, not only that, but I think philosophically, a Seattle-Carolina final, that would just, like, change the whole landscape of hockey because these are two teams without that real star right no kidding that's what i'm talking about two bounce lineups six defensemen big monkeys going on every game seattle especially like actually i want to i want to start with carolina first like we'll move east to west but uh cruz first of all should you should just stuck with your guts i know I'm, i'm kicking myself now i said remember that i was the biggest carolina guy going mm-hmm. and then i looked at the lineup and i got scared you know what it's like being in love you think you love her and then you go away and you go <laughs> i should have stayed with her look at her now she's with the guy with the mercedes damn no, I, I'm kicking myself because I remember back All Star Break. I was really pumping Carolina. You were all I said, Carolina. Carolina's a team. Carolina's a team. And then I looked at the rush coming down the thing, and I got scared. But I mean, you look at this team. They're top nine, top four, just super productive. Everyone there's scoring. No, no. Let, let's take it another thing. Now, um, they say that the NHL is getting smaller. You can get away with being smaller? Sure. When I look at Carolina, they don't look too small to me, Especially man. not on their back end. Especially on their back end. And look at, look at uh, my old Hab, uh, Kokomini's out there playing. Talking yummy. And he's, and he's filled out a bit now. So he's not that skinny kid anymore. So even he's big. He's, I mean, he's one of those guys. I'm, I'm, I still kind of question why Carolina offer sheeted him. We know why. Well, I, I mean, they should have waited for Suzuki. Is my point. <laughs> okay, okay that's, no offense that's, to okay, you, okay, but agreed. I know what you're saying. Um, I know. But I'm gonna read out some stats about Carolina that uh, Megan Cheka posted on Twitter. Um, puck steals in the offensive zone per sixty. Carolina wow. first place these playoffs. Wow. Pass intercepts. Pass interceptions in the offensive zone per sixty. First place. Deflections wow. causing turnovers in the I offensive zone I knew for 60. That. First place. Yeah, I knew that Total one. possession reversals caused in the offensive zone per 60. First place. Wow. Puck recoveries in the offensive zone per 60. First place. Puck battles won in the offensive zone per 60. First place. Uh, offensive zone puck battle success percentage, 46.9. Second place. Ugh, so Board battles won in the offensive zone per 60. First place. Yeah. Offensive zone board battles success percentage, Tied for first. Wow. Puck recovery is leading. First is to say with who? Offensive, offensive zone board battle success percentage. So they were first? Tied for first. With who? Dallas? Uh, I, it, it, it doesn't I didn't say. say. Uh, puck recoveries leading to shot attempts per 60. First place. Wow. 
Okay, the hustle on this this team is real. That oh no 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 that yeah so I'm saying and they're big and they're big. So when those forwards are coming, defensemen are looking over his shoulder because they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna be t- tasting some boards. Um, I loved like okay I I can't now I, I'm I'm I don't just jump back on the bandwagon. I'm just gonna respect Carolina because like I said they you know to. that I I was giving them so much credit. I was saying that they were a potential Boston Carolina conference mm-hmm. final I was talking all of that and what scared me and like you said maybe this is the change in the NHL is that I was going with that I got tricked because I'm an old man yep. about that star quality move you forward nonsense have I changed my mind about that drastically now because I think you have to because like I mean I would have put money on you know that I would have put, put money on Carolina two months ago I would have put them. I would. I was gonna say they were potential Stanley Cup finalists. I, I'm gonna drop a wager on them to beat Florida. This oh. No offense to the Panthers. Oh, I think the Panthers will be worn out. I think Carolina's a, like they. They won't take that shit. No. You know, like uh, when they start doing those face washes and all that. And and what's Carolina number one? One of the top uh, penalty kill teams too. Oh yeah. Their percentage of killing penalties. So what Florida's big thing is 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 special teams. Because they're 5-on-5. Five five. They're not scoring a, a hell of a lot more than oh, anybody else. That's another thing I just wanted to get into as well But that Leaf series. Like, Florida, like, they weren't even that good. No, they weren't, <laughs> they weren't that good. That's what I'm saying. And, and you know, it, if you look at it, it's, it's a flip of the Tampa Bay series. Some people say that maybe Tampa play, played a little better than Toronto. Toronto got the Blake some one. In this series, for the better part, I think Toronto, even in the games they lost, those first three games, sometimes they had control of those oh, games game, they lost. Game two especially yes. was the one that people point to. Yes. Um, but, I mean, back to Carolina, I think – Rod Brindamore has seriously worked himself into the greatest coach right now combo conversation. Oh, has to be. Has to be. And you know what? They weren't bad last year either. No, and, they were and, they were top five team as they, well last year. That's what I'm saying. So he's brought them along. And how long has he been coaching now? This is about his fifth year. And he took them off the yes, scrap fifth pile. Year. And he took them off the scrap pile. His first time. year, I believe they were in the conference finals. Every year since then, it's been eh. But I mean, this is... I mean, this is, looks like this is what they've been building up to. Oh, well, the bottom line is a lot of those guys play like Brandamore played. Sure. If you remember what type of player that Brendan Moore played, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. safe in both ends of the rinks, yep. not scared of the big moment, could score a goal, knock somebody on their ass. Was that much? Mitch Marner, are you hearing us? <laughs> are you hearing what we're saying? You know what I mean? Also, something crazy about Carolina, this is their fourth series in a row that they've beaten New Jersey. Yeah. Go, going back to 2002. So, yes. 02-06-09-23. Okay, so what's going to make it even... Um, um, more interesting is that Paul Maurice has got to be given some credit as one of the better coaches in the league too so mm-hmm. you're saying that this is going to be a conference final with two of the best coaches in the league would you say that I would probably I would say that so, certainly when we're, we're talking about uh, the performance by Brendan uh, Brenda Moore and uh, Carolina Hurricanes mm-hmm. I mean I would I don't know if I'd put Paul Maurice in that top tier but I mean he's like Kind of like just short, you know, that he's in that his second tier. His record has been good. His record has been It's been very there, good. You know, over but I mean, years. is he up there with like, because like right now for me, like the best coaches are like Brendan Moore, obviously. Cooper. Junk, exactly. That's another thing I we didn't praise enough during that Toronto series, by the way. Yeah. I, I think Lindy Ruff has worked his way back into oh, that yeah, conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. And I, I'd put Bruce Cassidy in there too. I still don't get why Boston threw him overboard. And his, uh, t- his team is still alive. Oh, I... I... I guess. I know you don't feel bad for Boston. No, but. no, no, no. I, I've got no love that whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm, let's just put it this way. The house that happens is we're going we gonna to ride Carolina for the rest of the playoffs? Yeah, and um, and shout out to Jordan Martinuk. No oh, points in that first round. Ten man. points in round two. Worked his way 
into top 10 playoff scoring. That's what I'm saying. That's the magic of that team. Like like I said, what, what, what why did I move away from Carolina? Who's going to do it for them when it gets there? And they're down like three pretty good forwards too. That's right. What's his name's missing? Patchetti yeah. um, is gone. Uh, they're not missing him. I mean, uh, he was supposed to be one. Uh, they're not missing. Did you, did you, did you, did you, when you're seeing them play, you look around, hey, where's Pacioretty? Have you said that once during the playoffs? Well, he's no. been injured, so. No, but even when he was. Uh, well, I'm no. just saying, Patchetti, Teravinen, Sveshnikov. Sveshnikov could be. The, those are th- uh, Even Teravinen. I think Teravinen's a good. Not, like, I'm not as, as familiar with him. As, he's a good middle six guy. was on for. I think one of the the last Chicago Cup he was on that team. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, he's been around. Yeah, okay. I, maybe the twenty, maybe player. the last two. I can't I'm remember. Not, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of his or whatever the case may be. But Passeretti, please. I don't even want, want to talk about that guy. In any event, here at the house that happens, we are definitely going to be. We're, we're going to uh, hitch our horse to the Carolina wagon for the rest of the playoffs. We think that we're going to get there. So, I'm, how many games does uh, the conference final go? Six. Six games? Six games, yeah. I think Carolina takes care of it in five. I'm not even... If that happens, I won't be surprised. And they've been resting a few days now, too. You know what um, I mean? And they open up at home. Yeah, I mean, but the rest versus rust debate, that might backfire. Okay. That's that's true. That we've always got that. Are we going to move to the West? Let's move over to the West, I guess, uh, starting with Edmonton. Edmonton is the biggest enigma in these playoffs I've seen in a long time. They're now down 3-2. They're facing elimination. Like what like some games they look like like they they look like they dominate Vegas. Absolutely dominate yeah. them and then the next game, I know they make um one of the things that you've mentioned about them and it it's showing up and especially last night is they don't have the best defense score in this playoffs. No, but mind you, what I do like about this team is that Nurse, he doesn't have to be the guy anymore. No. He's, he's the number three there now. Yes, like, I agree. The, Ekholm, he's probably the best deadline pickup just in the league this year. No doubt about he's, it. He's stepped in, become the number one. Evan Bouchard has just become a revelation for that team. And outstanding play during this. He's out there a lot. He's logging a lot of minutes. He's and he's running that top power play. And he's out there when the when penalty kill starts. You notice that? Yep, yep. He's the first guy out there in the penalty kill. No, he's been amazing. And he's a good-sized kid. Yeah. He was one of those guys when he got drafted. Like, there was a lot of hype around him. But, you know, defensemen, you're always like, okay, we'll see. But, like, no, I, you can't even talk smack. He's, he's no, no, been he's wonderful. No, he, he, he's, he's wonderful. Yeah, he's there. My, my thing is this, maybe the other three defensemen, because sometimes Edmonton gets caught on some of the worst transitions or guys get open in front of the net, and you go, where's the defenseman? You've seen a couple of goals. Like, I, I, I got my old PVR, you know me, and I'm rewinding the play going, how did that guy get so open? Well, because they were playing Cody Cece 20 minutes a night. Oh, my God. That guy's been <laughs> he, out of talk, play a lot. Talk about a Maple Leaf I do not miss at all. Oh, uh, okay. That's not a problem. The thing is, I, I, I really like when Edmonton opens it up. And Vegas entertains that. Yeah. Okay, let's get wide open and go. What I'm saying is that um, when you get to the Vegas's end, their defensemen seem to keep the front of the net clear better than the Edmonton guys. Well, again, it's so bigger, the, they're bigger guys too, oh, right? Yeah, Size yeah, plays yeah. a part. Oh, that's what I'm saying. And another point I was trying to make there, the surge was coming in. I remember that. Everyone says it's, it's a little league. It's a little man's game because you can get in the NHL playing little. But how come every playoffs, let's go back to the last three or four Stanley Cup winners, including the St. Louis Blues. You start with their six defensemen and probably eight, six of them, they're all over sure. six feet. They're all big guys. And I mean, a pro- I think a part of the problem, too, for Edmonton is that a couple of their guys who are supposed to be their big guys, like I think Evander Kane's passed his best before date. He's been not good this year. 
No, I I don't know what's wrong with him. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, sometimes I think that he's. You know what? Sometimes I think he's trying to be too tough. I mean, sometimes you never know when the wheels are going to fall off, though. Oh, uh, you know what? I think that if he if he scores a hat trick tomorrow night, you're going to be surprised. I, I he's would had be. chances. I would be. He's had his chances, but then he mixes it up with all that stupid in the corner face washing and stupidity. Next, thing you know, he's in the box. Yeah. Like I don't think he's playing his game. Nugent Hopkins finally got his first goal uh, game four. He's I think been, he's been snake bitten. You think so? Oh, yeah. He's played some great games and got nothing. Great skater. He is he's great, great skater. You know what I mean? And he's around the net. It just seems like he's he's just hasn't had the uh, no luck. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that's how but, I But I mean, by like those combined with, uh, likewise, like I said, kind of coming into the playoffs, they don't really have that number six forward. Like they have five of the top six, right? Okay, so one of the things I brought up here, and it's interesting, is that what happens in the playoffs is just look at this, okay? And that's what I, I got him circled in that. And uh, well, who's the other guy? If I could find him on here, okay? Let's go to this guy, Barbashev. Do you think he's really that great of a hockey player on Vegas? Scored four goals. And his goals he's, have been... Yeah, seven right. goals in ten... Seven points in ten games. Okay, and not only that, all of a sudden this guy... Scores goals at the weirdest times. He gets that goal. Yeah. You know, like the tying goal or the go-ahead. He's only had four, but you check all four of his goals. They've been at key times in the game. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Edmonton doesn't have that guy. It's easy got to be Dreisaitl. It's <laughs> McDavid, McDavid yeah. or those guys. They don't have that extra guy that's doing it. On Dallas, um, what's the guy on Dallas's name that's got four or five goals that I never thought nothing of? And um, Hints? He, Oh, hints! I think he's gonna. He, he I think he's he's gonna keep next year. He's he's ascending. Yeah, he's an ascending player because he's still young too, isn't he? He's pretty 24. young. Yeah, twenty four yeah. or something like that. So he's still ascending. No, it's another guy. I, I gotta. I gotta. I wish I could find out. Get the Dallas lineup up here, but he's not the top six. He's won before and he's got a well, couple goals. Okay, so their top goal scorers are Rupi Hints, Joe Pavelski, Tyler Sagan, yeah. Dedanoff, uh, Max Domi, Marchment, Wyatt Johnson. And is it the Johnson guy? How many goals has he got? Three. He's a rookie. Yeah, he well, is he the, the guy, guy that makes it? Yeah, because he's come out of nowhere. Look, like, what I'm saying is that um, in every playoffs in your whole life, you're going to notice in the middle of nowhere, the guy that doesn't usually score, but all during the season, you always know him. He was a gritty, getting the mass, not a superior at the moment. All yeah. of a sudden, those guys are getting the goals because sometimes the, the, the top lines, like, move each other out it's like the 12th guy in your team or the last six mm -hmm. forwards something like like Lafferty I think Lafferty showed more but the Leafs have lost so it's it's, it's on another right, page right. you know what I'm saying but I mean a guy like that and then Dallas has a couple guys like that maybe that rookie kid or whatever those guys like they, they like all of a sudden I don't notice those guys now all of a sudden like they scored who is this guy I'm running to the book to well, look up the Edmonton numbers. had a little bit of that in round one with uh Clem Costin kind of playing hero there against uh the Kings agree he's been a little quieter against uh Vegas but well, we're going to see tonight. Do you think Vegas? Do you think Edmonton? I think Edmonton's going tomorrow to push night. it. I mean, tomorrow night. I think Edmonton pushes it to seven. I called Vegas in six. I'm, I'm sticking with it. Okay, so anyways, I, I think Vegas played us. Oh, <laughs> we, I think so too. And the house always wins. There you go, <laughs> and that's what it's looking at. So if that's the case, then you do you think that Dallas is going on? I, I again, like I picked Dallas. I'm sticking with them, but I mean Seattle's making me nervous. Of course they are, and like the guy that's playing goaltender, standing on his head sometimes. A and they got the little that bit of that Vegas year one thing, you know, where it's yep. like super balanced lineup. They don't yep. have that superstar just getting production. I think they they're getting production like 
up and everywhere. down everywhere. Yeah, I think everyone on that team except for two guys have scored a goal, and everyone has scored, had an assist at least. You know what I think is is it's a good thing is it's I forget the coach's name, but the coaching in Seattle. Uh, Dave Haxtell. Okay, so anyways, former uh, assistant coach of the Leafs. Yes, forgot about that. Um, I like the flow of the Seattle games. Don't you notice that it's good-looking hockey? So, like, oh. obviously, the system that they're playing in, in you Fantastic. know, Fantastic. Like the, Fantastic. Like the, the, the looks of the games are really – I'm, I'm entertained. Like, those are some of the best games I've seen in the playoffs because Dallas is not afraid to play that way either. Yeah. So, you know, it opens it up. There's been some good hitting. It's not like they forgot about hits. Yep. It's gotten gritty at times, but it's uh, – Penultimate playoff hockey. When mm-hmm. I'm seeing Dallas and Seattle, and a couple times I thought, well, you know, do we have an issue in the league with goaltending? Uh, Too many blowouts, <laughs> especially on the east side. I mean, this is just uh, this, we've talked about this before. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, there's no elite goalies anymore. It's just like you're just kind of like reaching in a bag, grabbing a guy. It's kind of like that musical chairs game, right? Unless you get a guy like Bobrovsky, who you know is good, and suddenly he's having a revival. But even then, I mean, like. Who who thought Bobrovsky was going to be this good? He is good. He he's Vesna guy. He is he's, good. He's, he's got resume. I mean, hey, like but everyone everyone like loves Bobrovsky. to make, everyone loves to make fun of that contract. But I mean, he had to go out there and earn it at the end of the day, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And I I think he's going to be there. In any event, we're running along there. It's because of the Leafs and hockey, and the house that happens goes there. But I want to I want to just ask you, sure, Dallas, did they close it out tonight? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I I, I think they're going to be there. In any event, one of the things that we came on there, we had that beautiful soliloquy by Mr. Milani. I can't wait to go home and hear the show and listen to it two or three more times because it was a great eulogy. Um, What we've overlooked is last night was absolutely amazing night. If you're a sports fan, well, hold on. There's a few more NHL notes I want to get to. Oh, really? Okay. Okay, so Rangers fired Gerard Gallant. Which I think is a mistake. I think so too. Huge like, mistake. Why, 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 why did he get fired though? Is he, does he does he not a management guy? That's I, the word around the campfire. You think so? That he butts head with management. I mean, it's also looking like a, a point of like Vegas. We've seen it. He got fired there. Shouldn't they're, have got they're fired. Too qu- they're too quick with firing their yep. coaches. New York has that reputation too, though. Oh, their, their New owners, York is notorious. Notorious. Yeah. For- so. No, I think that's a huge mistake that that Gallant got fired. Yeah, huge, huge. Maybe that's Toronto's guy. Uh, like I said, Quenville or him, I'd be ecstatic over both. So you're going to say in the off season you'd be completely content if they trade Marner and fired Keith? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, let's see what the return is. It's not just about who's out. It's about who's coming in, right? I'm just saying we're on record as Andrew Milani saying if Marner gets traded and Keith gets fired, he's going to be a happy camper. <laughs> I'll stand by that. Okay. And also, uh, one of the most interesting pieces of news is the Philadelphia Flyers hire TV analyst Keith Jones as their president. The other contender for the job was TV analyst Eddie Olchuk. Now, Cruz, I did a little bit of reading. Okay. Who owns the Philadelphia Flyers? Uh, That media outlet. Comcast. Yeah. yeah. Is that what they're called? Yes. Yes. So, who does Comcast own? NBC. Where did Keith Jones and Eddie Olchuk used to work? NBC. <laughs> I, Keeping it in the family, I suppose. That's exactly what it was. And I don't know if you've caught Keith Jones on on um, Overdrive yesterday. I missed it. Okay, I deliberately... And I like Keith Jones as an analyst. Oh, yeah, he's solid. Okay, I, he came on and he gave an excellent... Um, he told the process. This has been going on for six months, by the way. His first time being called in, this was brought up was six mm-hmm. months ago. They brought it, brought up. And he said that this was a huge vetted process. He says, don't think that they just reached down out of the box and pulled me out. He said he did 
interview upon interview upon interview, and then he had to bring his hockey acumen to the table, which he says is easy to do when you're an analyst because people hear you every day. Sure. So that gets you that gets you there. So combine that with his, uh, like you just said, you just seen that resume, the Comcast, and all the way down there. Who else is going to run Philadelphia? Can it hurt? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I was that's... shocked. Yeah. I was actually shocked because you were the first one. You texted me and said, oh, by the way, Philadelphia hired Keith. I went, that's, not, that's the, the TV guy. <laughs> TV guy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like, is Elliot Freeman getting a president's <laughs> job in the next 10 minutes? He's been on the air a long time. Or, 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 I, well, he's not former player, though. Kevin Bieksa. Okay. How about oh. him? No, 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 no. Well, you no, don't no. like the emojis that he puts on the screen? I don't know. I just, I, I like the guy and I don't, okay? That's because we're going to get to the J.J. Reddick. Yeah, I feel exactly the same I way. I mean, like some days yes, some days no. Um, But I, I, I don't know. This is really confusing. The Philadelphia Flyers, they do not have the best reputation with managing their team, let's just say, in the last 15 years. Okay, so here's what Jones said that made it really interesting, and we all say this. When you come into a new organization, you look who's been in the spots, and if you don't bring them there, then you usually get rid of them. One of the things that came up is that, and it's a big buzzword in all the sports, is what's the culture in your dressing room? Yeah. Uh, Jones believes that Torts is already established a... Um, change of culture in the Philadelphia dressing room. What they're saying is, is he going to have the patience to be able to say, Torts, you might not be going to the playoffs next year. <laughs> yes. Okay, so there's going to have to be that You're kind of playing pace. with fire that with that, though, because Torts is already known as a coach with a short shelf life. Okay, so that's that's the big thing. So what Jones is basically saying is that they got to sell to Torts that you, if you're going to be getting a Stanley Cup championship with this team, then you're going to have to have patience that you've never had before. That's Good luck. That's what basically what they <laughs> said. Luck. So I thought that was quite interesting because they were always saying, like, of course, you come in, you get a new coach. You coach, you get a new GM. And the GM is uh, Daniel Briere, and he's been yes. there for quite some time in the organization for quite some time. So I do think they have some stableness in context of everybody knows the organization, not necessarily with experience. Yeah, let's where well, they they have the number 7 pick, so like he's that's a guy that probably won't have an impact this year, but like next year you would hope. They got um, a lot they're a young team. Yes and no. Well, they have they a bunch get, of old guys like Kevin Hayes is on that horrible contract. Okay, well then they got Ryan Ellis is on a horrible okay, contract. Well then they're going to have to cut the fat. Oh, man, it's a... Then you <laughs> fall to the ass. bottom one time, do you do? That's what I'm just saying. Okay, let's put it this way. And and, and we I hate to bring it up this way because we'll get over with. Okay, Philadelphia is in the same position the Toronto Maple Leafs were in about 10 years ago. I'd Think say they're it. in a worse position. Worse than the Leafs? Yeah. Okay, but in any event, now look at uh, in the last three or four years with the right structure, the Toronto Maple Leafs are now a perennial all-star, I mean a perennial playoff team with perennial Stanley Cup aspirations. Is that not true? I'm not, I'm not <laughs> saying it's going there, but that's that's how you got to spell it sure. out if you're going to look at it. I'm saying, can Keith Jones do this for the Philadelphia Flyers? It's going to be a wait-and-see proposition. Color me suspicious. Okay, I'm on the same thing. The house is very suspicious. Anything else you want to bring up? About uh, NHL draft lottery. Okay. Is it rigged? Okay, this is what we got to say. I'm really sorry. I forgot to bring it in. But my father, bless his soul, used to tell me if someone says they did it or they didn't and it takes them three days to explain to you why they did or didn't do it, then you get suspicious. But it hasn't taken the NHL three days. That's the thing. Okay, but they did this. 
they did something that was even crazier. Oh my god! Are you talking about that little fluff? I read the fluff piece. What and and the, the post? Yeah, it was an, it was an associated it, it was an associated press uh, piece. First of all, I think the post. Why just published do you have? Uh, and mentioning that his grandkids are in the room. What's up with that? It's the humanized Gary Bettman. That's my theory. Oh, that that made me suspicious. And I brought in my grandsons. <laughs> what the hell does that got to do? He's Look, a family man, Cruz. Bro, I'm going to put it this way. If you've got to explain to me 27 times that you didn't do it, I think you did it. But, like, I don't know. The, the I piece, don't know if it's rigged. You can't say it. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's suspicious. My, my piece is... Ian Y, the accounting firm that runs the, the the draft lottery, it makes no sense for them to put their reputation on the line for the rinky-dink NHL. And, like, I've had people like, well, what about Enron? Enron, big energy. NHL, teeny tiny. Okay, agreed. Okay, so next year when they do the draft and it has a whole new organization doing it, will you be suspicious then? If, if Sorry, repeat that. Okay, next year when they run the draft, I mean, yeah. when they run the lottery and it's a completely different group running the lottery, what do you say then? Is it going to be completely? It's Ian Y. That's good. No, it's Ian Y. That's been doing it for years. Yeah, so they shouldn't yeah. change it. But I'm saying if they were to do it, what my uh, what makes me think is they used to have it on TV. But then people were more suspicious about it. That was the thing. It was in front of you. <laughs> it was in front of you. I don't like the fact that and you notice in the article they said okay, and then once it started, we sealed the room like it was get smart in the cone of silence. Well, that's because they don't want people leaking the information out early. I know, and everybody had to put their phones. Every, and there was no phones in the room. Again, yeah, again, okay? makes sense. Okay, okay, there was no phones in the room, and they had the cone of silence. I was writing for Agent Ninety Nine to say, "Well, Max, you know what I mean? Come on, I'm not saying it was rigged. I'm just saying that why do you got to go through all of this rigmarole to explain to the world what you're doing in a draft lottery?" It sounds like OLG to me, <laughs> and, we, and I don't trust OLG as far as I can say it. Fair enough. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. I don't know. But, like, I mean, it, okay, so I, t I took a class at Humber about conspiracy theories. Okay. And there's the the problem of when you're looking too hard at something, you're, ju you're just going to be yourself. trying to, like, picking, you know, just trying to look for ways how it could be the conspiracy instead of just looking at the evidence and the facts, right? Okay. I'm an evidence I think it's a facts case of that. guy. Okay, so I'm not a big conspiracy guy yeah. at all. I don't know, and I'm and I'm a, and I study history, and I and, if, and one day you'll know how much I know politically. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a lot of things I've heard over the years, I just push them aside because then then the truth comes out later, and see, mm -hmm. see that was bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the case going to be. I'm thinking that the the um, uh, I'm 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 leaning towards you that I don't think it was really rigged. I just think the way that they set it up and the grandchildren mm -hmm. and the nice little. <laughs> Associated Press. It's a little it weird. Was, yes, that's weird. what I mean. So we'll just say that the draft lottery was weird. However, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, a little push back on you on this here. And I was agreeing with you with this. One of the things that you said is you didn't believe that Chicago would get it due to the fact that if it was, was, if it was fixed, yes, because you know what I mean. They've been bad for you, business. You, you had, you had a very good theory on why Chicago shouldn't get it with what they've done through with all mm -hmm. their scandal and stuff. Why you give them a chance to rebuild immediately? However, I've had some people on the other side of the coin say he's original six team. Huge market. Yeah, huge Let's market. get back into yeah. the game. So I don't know. I guess that does go both ways, but I mean I don't I kinda liked your theory in the beginning, but then when you look at the actual numbers and money, sure. Money changes everything. Sure. Pushes that away. So in any event, I, oh, I, I just also want to say it's funny how the, there was a leak about the lot, a lottery winner that it ended up being completely false, which I thought was hilarious. I there, was a, there was a rumor that uh, Columbus was the winner. I heard that too, but yeah. where did that come from? Uh, probably Click some guy bait? on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Clickbait, that's what I'm wondering. Someone looking for clicks. Um, so Montreal has the fifth pick. Uh, I did a little bit of reading on the top five. I, I want to know if you have a take on who they should take. Not really. I was really in love with the Russian. 
because Montreal and, and Russians yeah. were always got that thing. You know us. But we know, know but his contract situation, he's on contract for three more years in the KHL. Do you want to wait that long? No. Mind you, though, I've read his scouting report. Very good upside. He could turn out to be the best scorer in this draft. Exactly. Well, maybe, maybe not ahead of Bedard, but like, I mean, still like elite, elite, elite scorer. So what do we do? We sit around and wait three years? He'll only be 21. That's the question. He, he's the guy I'm really interested to see where he lands. Because like Bedard's a slam dunk at oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Fantilli's going to be a slam dunk at two. Even though reading his scouting profile, I think there's some red flags in there. Shortness. Isn't he short too? No, he's a big boy. He's like 6'2 and like one, 190 or something. Okay, who's the third prospect? Oh, hold on though. Hold on. Okay, Fantilli. I'm that, um, that's one of the guys with the size that questions me, but hold continue. On, hold, yeah, so Fantilli, he, his neutral zone play is very bad. <laughs> I don't want him. Yeah, there you go. I, it makes me think if Anaheim's going to even take him at two if that. Because I would rather take the number three guy, Will Smith. What's his height? He's, he's a like a six-footer. He's a water bug, though. That guy can fly. That's what Great I like on both ends. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He'll fly. He's gonna, you know, he's probably going to, in the future, be one of those great penalty killer guys, too. Uh, yeah. Have you seen him skate? I've seen it could his be like a Bergeron kind of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's got that 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 kind of appeal to me. I kind of hope that that's maybe Montreal would take him. I think, I think Columbus. He just he won't go that far. He just oozes Columbus Blue Jackets like a number three. Like they they're gonna snatch him up immediately. I think they, he go go behind there. I'm I, I'm gonna take a bigger show. And in, in, in the future, one of a couple shows, I'm gonna do a little bit more research to go there because this is gonna be a huge draft for Montreal. I've been fascinated with the Russian guy since they first started putting highlight films on him when he came over and he played. Um, in the tournament mm -hmm. like well they didn't play this year but in previous tournaments where he's played and in the worlds and where I've seen him play the guy's got moxie to beat the band you know what I'm saying it's just that here's another thing that we have to include when we're starting to talk about Russian um, hockey players this time is that the politics of the world has changed drastically in the last couple mm -hmm. of years and we've got a nut bar running that country now I'm not going to start getting into what what I'm not going to get anything political about what's going on in that horrid situation in Ukraine. However, we've got a leader in Russia right now who's trying to put a clamp down on everything that is Russian. And this, and we also know what's his favorite sport. <laughs> yes, that's and true. And what we do about it. And I hear that he knocks on guys' doors. Like there's, there's, there's rumors that there's five or six guys that are in the KHL right now that are ready to play in the NHL. One of them is a defenseman that plays for that Dynamo team or whatever. But they're saying Dynamo. that. Moscow? Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, but um, and I wish I had taken the notes down, and we will in the future, is that um, some of these guys, and I'm not saying the KGB knocked on their door, but it doesn't look like they're coming to the NHL anytime soon. And you know five years ago, these guys would be packing up and flying across the pond in yeah. no time. So all of a sudden, all of a sudden, these guys have no interest in the NHL? Hmm. Maybe they're more interested in keeping their families alive? Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not saying... So I'm saying that, but Boris. Yeah. We'll have plenty of time to talk about. We will uh, get to that in yeah. the future for sure. 100%. I just hope that Montreal makes a great choice. I wish that Russian was available. I wish it was five years ago. I would take him immediately. I don't think he'd last till five, to tell you the truth. I, I, uh, I, I think there's a good chance San Jose can snatch him up at number four. Yeah? And what I do they so. do? Sit. San Jose's got to wait anyway. They got time. They got time. <laughs> they got time. Montreal never has that kind of time. You know no, what I mean? Because no. of the fan base, et cetera. You know what I mean? And like you said this before the show, trading down could be... Because I'm not sure... Like I like Leo Carl Carlson. I'm not sure if he's the guy that Montreal wants, though. I don't think so either. Even though like he, he looks like he could be a fantastic playmaker. But he, he's still... He's a year away. 
You know sure, what I mean? Sure. Okay, so I'm, I'm no, we're going to talk about that in the preseason. I got lots to say about the Habs. Like, but not this. This is not the time and place. But when we get there, you're going to be pleasantly surprised when we start hooking the piece together. I'm starting the Logan Mayo fan club right now. Just letting you guys know, letting you know about that. You know what I mean? Anything else you'd like to say about this thing called the Stanley Cup playoffs? Uh, that's it for me. I think we should move on to uh, basketball. Okay, and that was my note about last night. It was like um, one of the greatest, it was, not the greatest, but I mean, it was an amazing night for sports. If you are a sports fan like you and I and doing things like we were doing last night, last night was an incredible night. First of all, we got to talk about this. The Phoenix Suns are the complete frauds that they are. When um, God bless Kevin oh Durant. Oh, my God. God bless Kevin Durant. But look at what happened last year. They say they didn't have the bench depth. Last year, if I remember correctly, they got sodomized in their own house and sent home. Last night, I think, was worse because they had Durant, even though they didn't have the bench. But uh, as I was saying... Um, so I actually have a picture that I found on Instagram. So last year, second round, game seven, elimination game in their own barn. Halftime score, Dallas 57, Phoenix 27, losing by 30. This year's score, game six, field elimination game in their own barn at halftime. Denver 81, Phoenix 51. They, they were losing by 30 again at halftime. I came into the bar just after work. We got here about quarter after 11, and Shoeys is hockey-centric. We know that. Yes, it's a hockey bar. It, where, where, where's the basketball game? And there was one on up in the corner, and I looked up, and I looked at the score. And I said, oh, Dallas is putting them away. Then I realized Denver. it was nine. I mean, Den Denver. Then I realized it was nine minutes left in the third quarter. I said, oh, my God, what happened? Are you a bunch of pussies? Is that the coach? Monty, it might what's be. Like, it's like, what, how do you do? This is two years in a row. What do you was your yeah, look, fan he's, base? He's, he's got a little bit of that uh, deer in headlights look when things aren't going right for him. I agree, but and I, you can't blame Chris Paul. I think he was just old. He's beat up. They're going to do that. Oh, There's and no I heard team. they're aggressively looking to shop him this offseason. Oh, they have to at his age with that contract. He's They're not going to keep him. Especially and they're going to explore the market for uh, Aiton as well. I think that's a mistake because Aiton didn't play last night. Not hurt. Yeah. Okay, but that's still no excuse for losing by 30. But there's still house. rumors of some locker room unrest there with Aiton and Booker. and. Okay, well, the problem is this, is that Aiton thinks that Booker's a bitch, and I agree. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they cater to him. And what the problem is, is that when they, 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 they had to sign Aiton. But did you know what's his name? The coach, oh, Monty whatever. Monty Williams? They did not talk in the whole offseason, and then you signed the guy. That's a huge disconnect in any way you look it's at it. It's a big red it? flag. Huge. Just and like game five was a, a red flag when Denver blew them out. Oh, come on. Because Okay, because I was Team Phoenix all the way. Me too. Even, we even were... when they were down 2 nothing, I'm like, you know what? They're going to win the two games in Phoenix, then they're going to really turn on serve. the Jets. They held serve, and then what happened? Oh. Okay, that, that, so we're going to move that out of the way. So, Kevin Durant, I hope you're crying now, smoking weed and back in your studio. Where does he go this offseason? He's staying. And you think he's staying? He's staying, and I think the battle is going to be for where does Kyrie go. That's going to be the most intriguing thing because if he can get Kyrie to come to Phoenix because there's still that Durant-Kyrie brotherhood. That hasn't gone really? nowhere. But I, think I thought they were getting a little gonna, sick of each other by the end, uh, maybe, especially maybe Durant not. sick of uh, Well, Durant got sick of it so uh, of the um, off-court well, of course. Antics. That we were sick of it, too, and we weren't even we there. Were. So if he doesn't go to L.A. But the real biggest thing that happened last night is the game in L.A. This game, I don't care what anyone says. You know, um, you're a little younger than me. It doesn't matter. Some people say Cruz kept saying you're old, but the fact that I am, and I've seen a lot of sports in my days, I thought that last night's game between the Lakers and, and the Golden State Warriors was one of those Pent ultimate historical games. Mm -hmm. This had legacy 
implications. This had, of course, championship implications. But the key thing about it is the star power in the game could not be ignored. So, therefore, oh, sure. we're, we're, this was a definite uh, LeBron. Curry. St- Curry. Who was what? Now, I'm going to put it on record, and I'm going to say that the house that happens is going to go here, and I hope you agree with me. God bless Steph Curry. He's an amazing basketball player. Hands down. He has, uh, he's a good, bad, the ugly, which you've mentioned before about the NBA. But as a man, as a pure basketball talent, I now do agree that it, the 10 best players of all time, I'll put Steph Curry at number 10. But to ever put forth the proposition that you'd want Steph Curry before LeBron James, Ludicrous. I want you drug tested. I want you to have a mental health test. There is no way, and I've heard it through some pundits during the week, that perhaps maybe we got to start considering that. Would you take Steph Curry over LeBron James? That's an, uh, no. I, did you not hear some of the takes around? Like, I watched Jimmy oh, Sports sure. and I heard it, and I'm going. The American shows were running wild with that. But, I mean, how could you even bring that up? First of all, they're saying four rings, four rings. Now someone's got, if someone goes home, that they, they, someone's got a chance at a fifth ring, and the other guy doesn't. Let's go back to just one year when Curry beat Durant. I mean, Curry beat LeBron. Um, the team had Clay Thomas. It had Thompson. Clay Thompson. It had Draymond Green. It had Steph. It had Durant. It had Andrew Iguodala. It had who am I missing? Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston. It had uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, that's playing center now. Tony. Uh, the guy that's playing center now for Golden State. Oh, uh, what's his name? Mooney, oh Tony, God. whatever it is. Uh, Looney, Looney, Kevin Looney. Looney. Yeah, they had him. Okay, I think that uh, when they were playing Cleveland, LeBron's wingman was a guy named Delanadova. Oh, Kyrie. No, Kyrie was hurt. <laughs> oh, you're talking about the year. first one. Yeah. Well, there was there. no Kevin Durant on that team. Either. Okay, so but the next time, but that was like, around, the year was... when Kyrie got hurt and and Kevin Love got hurt. And they went six games in the finals. Who was LeBron's wingman? Delanivova was the best <laughs> player on Cleveland. So you're going to tell me that, that LeBron James had a wingman named Delanivova that got six games into the finals, NBA finals, and Curry had Durant. Well, he did, okay, again, no, no Durant, Thompson. but it was like Thompson, Green, Harrison Barnes, what Andrew Bogut, okay, okay. Sean okay. Livingston, Iguodala. There you go. All right, so what I'm saying is, the bottom line is, I don't ever want to hear, and much respect to Steph Curry. Agreed. Much, greatest three-point shooter of all time. Top greatest 10 all time, shooter of all time. Yeah. Greatest shooter of all time. Great handle. He's actually stronger and bigger right now than he's at 35 years old than he's been at any time in his career. And sure. I see he's got five or six more good seasons under his belt playing the way that he is. No LeBron James. LeBron James is going to go to the finals. We got a Denver Laker conference finals. What do you think? I think I'm starting to buy into Denver. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, like, Jokic, first of all, he's just been on fire. I'm going to read you his last 10 stat lines. It's points, rebounds, assists. I got 32, you. 10, and 12. 29, 13, and 12. 53, 4, and 11. 30, 17, and 17. Keep it going. 39, 16, and 5. 24, 19, and 5. 28, 17, and 12. 43, 11, and 6. Excellent. 20, 11, and 12. 27, 9, and 9. Okay, I just got one thing to say. In any of those games, was he playing against Anthony Davis? Oh, Anthony Davis is 
kind of looking soft, though. You like you like him coming out of the game in the wheelchair? <laughs> I think that um, last night was one of his greatest performances in this way. He's too he, hot and cold, though. You know he owns Jokic, right? He steals his lunch money on a regular basis. Davis, yeah, Davis is is like Jokic's worst nightmare is a guy like Anthony Davis. We'll see. First of all, like look at the mobility. What Jokic has got, like he can take two steps and do anything. Can he go up and block a shot on Anthony Davis? I don't think so. When Davis is going one-on-one, is going to go around him. What he's going to need is a lot of help. He's going to need switching help on Davis inside because this game is going to be old school. Which I think the Denver Nuggets can give him. Oh, they got Porter in there. And, and Jamal Murray's tough. And a, and a couple of those other characters. Like they got, got Aaron a solid Gordon, team. too. Aaron Gordon. He, he's been amazing. I think he's the glue. Like, he's that... that thing on them but this game is going to this is one of those series is going to be old school in the sense that i believe it's going to be one in the paint very well could be you know what i mean i mean everyone's going to be firing threes because that's what they do and they're going to be you know they get so ugly like people don't realize part of the reason that phoenix freaking got beat so badly is they tried to come back with the three yeah and once they started bricking it it was all over. over you know you gotta go inside you know what I mean? Yep. And they're not going to go inside. And what happened last night is bigger one in the Golden State game, Golden State Lakers game. We were talking about it. Suddenly the Lakers are a big, strong bunch of uh, pack of dogs, guys, yeah. and they're controlling that paint. And when you control the paint in the NBA, I don't care how good of three, you, you got to shoot 60% from three to win. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And nobody's shooting 60% in these playoffs, which is why some of the games have looked either absolutely the greatest games or they're terrible there's yeah. no in between in these nba games there's no like oh that was an okay game no they're great or they're bad now i'm gonna say i I'm, i appreciate golden state and the lakers they gave us a very entertaining series for six games yep okay there was a one bad game at game five but you know that what happened there was the lakers mailed it in so they could give win, uh, it, at, win it at home Jack Nicholson was coming out, so they needed to have a game for Jack to win. By the way, the last two minutes of the game last night, did you catch on to the music that they were playing? Yeah, they were playing. So it was, it's it's, uh, James Bond music, but it's the pause music for, I don't know if you've ever heard, there's a GoldenEye video game that was big in the 90s. I remember that. It's the pause music from that game. It's the most badass, like, music ever in a game. They just played that for, like, the last two minutes. I love that. that From James Bond, right? Yeah, from the GoldenEye video game. Yes, yes. That was pretty interesting. You know what? I heard it, and thank you for reminding me, because I had the James Bond thing, but I didn't connect it to the video game. Because it's it's a big meme online. So And, like, first of all, like, I grew up with that game. You know, it's like every birthday party, like, that's that was the thing to do but uh, no, that's all right <laughs> but like and then just like the greatest pause music like screen like Ever. people would put it on pause just to listen exactly. to the music <laughs> well well you know what this is big time for lakers this is lakers oh yeah this you, is a big you, time for lebron's legacy oh huge and not only that the star power is back in the lakers like you got to realize when they come out to that well whatever they call it the crypto center now or the old state yeah. i could still call it the staple center the star power that comes out and I see people sitting in the front row. Yeah. How do you get that seat? Do you know anything about basketball? Oh, you, you know a guy. That's how. Oh, that's but, what I mean. I mean but Lakers no, no, are no, back, no. though. I mean, they, they are back. They, they can, They're in the conference finals. They transformed that roster at the deadline. Like uh, Russell and Hachimura. Oh, my oh. God. They've been fantastic. Well, Russell's always been good. I don't know. I don't know how that backdoor deal went down because the problem with we know what happened with Russell and leaving L.A. We know his history, blah, blah, blah. I thought that Minnesota made a mistake letting him go. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? And, uh, 
But I'm not surprised because I'm a fantasy basketball player, and I've had D'Angelo on my team a bunch of times. I'm a big. If you, I should have let that known sooner. Anybody that knows me on the chats knows that Cruz is a is a D'Angelo Russell fan from way back. I didn't like the fact that he got himself in trouble off the court with some stupid bros before hoes stuff. Yeah. But that's 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 water under the bridge. The bottom line now he's Old playing news. some of the best basketball he's playing of his career, and these guys are rallying around LeBron. But the guy leading that team is AD. Mm, he, 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 in a weird kind of way. Inconsistent. Uh, I, I wouldn't Listen, he grabbed 20 boards last night. Okay, fine. But like, he's, he's going to throw up a stinker his next game. I'm saying That's that the type that, of guy AD is. Okay, I'm going to say that this is for his legacy. And I think that what he wants to do when they win the championship, I think they want to see. And the MVP of the 2023 NBA playoffs, Anthony Davis. That's what he wants to hear, and I. That's think what he wants to hear, here. but that's wishful thinking. Well, they're going to give it to LeBron, <laughs> which they shouldn't. But no, LeBron's been playing outstanding. But you I know, think I think this is going to be Denver in seven. Okay, we'll take a beer on it. I'll take LA in seven. Okay. Because this is going to be, and, and and you know what? Unfortunately, people, we're going to see a couple bad games in this series. Sure. I'm going to say it right sure. now. We're going to see a couple of horrible games. Now, before we continue about talking about the beauty of last night. And the 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 uh, talking about the Eastern Conference of the NBA. First of all, the Boston Celtics are a bunch of frauds. I, I agree. Don't, they're they're going to win. They're going to win tomorrow. Well, the the thing is, is are the Celtics or sorry, are the Sixers bigger frauds? Because we all know oh, what uh, I hate both teams. We all know what Doc is like with the lead. There you go. So <laughs> this is going to come back. It wasn't to a three-one lead that he's. That but it's still he had the lead. So uh, you know what? The only reason I would hope they would win is because of Doc. Because I love Doc, but. I can't stand for He's a tough player. guy to get behind. You sure it is. But uh, the thing about Boston and it's coming home to roost is this. They don't get along in the dressing room. There's just seemed Oh, it's uh, obvious. There's something just not like I think they need to give Brown more touches too. I'm, I'm but like then the, Tatum takes the touches and he clanks. I, I, that's my point. Like and he's, I think he's Tatum's shooting the ball a better way. Player. Yeah, but he's uh, taking like the 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 shot ratio between the two is like two to one. Okay, and that's, and you know what's even that's worse? not right. When uh, when Boston went up three two, Tatum had a horrible game. He was awful. What do you have? Do you have seven points? Something like ten that. points. Yeah, he I, he couldn't hit the freaking wall. Was it seven points in the first half? Anyways, Tatum's a great player. I think that sometimes he tries to say it's my team. You don't win like that. No. You know what I no. mean? And then and then Jalen Brown's going. Well, what about my team? Mm -hmm. But here's the caveat you got to remember. Tatum had a phone call with Kevin Durant. <laughs> yep. Okay, don't forget that right there. You know what I mean? And here's what I'm trying to say. Marcus Smart, I want you on my team, but you're trying to do too much, bro. You know, you're not a great shooter. Nope. You know what I mean? And, and I like him wide open in the corner for three. That's you the know? only one. And you know what? I, I mean, the guy's playing his ass off. I don't want to take away from his effort. I think some of his decision-making has been questionable at times. I agree. I mean, like, like when you should have passed or when you should have shot. And that's not necessarily a bad thing in this respect. The guy wants to win. Yep. He's playing his ass off. But sometimes you got to, like, is this coaching now? Is there somebody, like last year, Ima, you go would have yep. pulled sharp side and say, hey, I think that um, – Masella or whatever his name is, I think he's a little in over his head because they said they were both rookie coaches. I just think this is proving that Yoke is a is a little better better coach in yeah. the uh, in the in the moment. We got to do this right now situation to control it. But then again, he didn't have Kevin Durant talking to Tatum 
before the playoff starts. Yeah. Okay, like that's a huge, huge difference. And I don't think Jalen Brown's ever got the respect in Boston that he should. Going back to the time when Kyrie was on the team, and then they tried to push Jalen Brown to like the third yep. guy. Remember when he was super young? Well, we'll get to you. Like, you know what I mean? Like Tatum was always the man. Yep, yep. And I agree. You know, he was the best But they were both third overall picks. There you go. So, like I'm saying, like, why can't Brown be that guy? And, I, you know, in a weird way, I'm starting to like Brown a little bit more. I'm right there with you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm right there like with you. More. And, and his tenacity, I'm liking a little bit more. He's not as Hollywood. No, you no. You know what I'm saying is where Tatum is a little bit more Hollywood. And, and by the way, speaking of Hollywood and how you think of players, can we stop to talk about Booker now being the light-skinned Mamba? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Light the talk about him the, being the best play, player in the playoffs should be over, too. Oh, yeah. No, no. That's Which, done. To, that's for done. me, it's been Jimmy Butler. Oh, we're going to get to that. No. Jokic has been up there, too, but, but Jimmy Butler, man. There's this, something now, different about now, that cat. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because we move over there because there's a little something Toronto-related here that people have to start uh, recognizing, and he just got an extension. Kyle Lowry is playing 2019 Kyle Lowry. Like, phenomenal. He's phenomenal. He, him and like that. That's two guys. That's that's Batman and Robin right there. Mm -hmm. And Lowry, we know, is an amazing Robin. Yeah. Okay. Yes. He's one, maybe one of the best Robins we've seen come around in a long time. And you look, what is Lowry doing? The same old shit he always does. Take the charge. Make the right pass. Know when to shoot the three. Yep. When he's not making it, he gives it to somebody else. You know, because remember sometimes when Lowry's a little younger, he'd be keep on going but those games especially when he realized he didn't have a shot he'd defer and then mm -hmm. come back to him and take a shot if you notice in these playoffs which just keeps a, a bio open it gets more shots for um um my old michigan guy when he's coming off uh, duncan robinson he's only playing 10 minutes a night how many key baskets has that guy scored a lot it, and who's who finds him yeah it's kyle lowry lowry's finding me like lowry's what about what 12 10 and 8 during these playoffs, mm -hmm. he's not a triple-double guy, but he's uh, he's in on the rebounding, he's in on the assists, and he's playing dirty defense. Yep. You know what I mean? That's but, his calling card. And, but Jimmy Butler is the man. Yep. Let's just cut to the chase. But you don't get there without somebody. And you know what Jimmy Butler has always said in his career? Like, I want guys that are going to freaking put the freaking uh, rubber to the cement. And Lowry is made to order as that guy. That's what you got to give Pat Riley credit to. Yep. You know, and the great coaching of Spolstra. Oh, he's coach, so yeah. underrated. I, I think he's one of those guys that really never got the dis respect he deserved. He, he should now. He, he's one of the best coaches it, in the well, league. Well, they're right proving now. The, the bubble wasn't a fluke. Uh, and not only that, let's take it one step further. They usually say a shelf life for a coach in the NBA is about five years, then you got to go on. He's 10 years into freaking Miami. Longer than 10. And he's Longer not going anyway. And remember the question marks they had when they brought him in? Oh, yeah. You know, it's the same thing as like when they brought Ty Lue into Cleveland. Like they question these young guys, which is going to get us to another second, something about the Raptors and the young guy coaching in a minute. However, um, it's, it's, you got to look at it this way. I hope that the Miami Heat wins a play, wins it all for this respect. This is, that'll be a, a stepping stone for Kyle Lowry closer to the Hall of Fame. I don't think he has quite Hall of Fame numbers now. But Ooh, he's, he's, he's like borderline on, right he's now. He's borderline right now. But if he were about to get a ring right now as a wingman to Jimmy Butler and all the top guys that yeah. talk about sports bring up Kyle Lowry first. So here in the house that happened, you know, there's a million people on sports that that talk about basketball every day. You go to first take, you go to uh, around the horn, you go to get up, you go to whatever. I want to say that my favorite guy is that big, chunky Brian Windhorse guy they mm -hmm. call Windhorse. Yeah. 
I'm, I want to buy that guy a beer. Every time I listen to that guy, he brings up little tiny stuff. Oh, he's a great reporter. Oh, he's one of the And his analysis of the game, and this is what it gets back to the old Howard Cosell things is, sometimes you got to have journalists analyzing the game and not players. You know what I mean? Yep. He's a journalist. Yep. This guy, at the beginning of the playoffs, said the key to Miami would be how well Kyle Lowry played in the playoffs. This is before they dribbled a ball. This guy was talking about the sneaky thing about the Miami Heat, and what he was talking about is the dissension in the dressing room in Milwaukee, the minor hurts to freaking uh, Middleton and Giannis. Was their bench as deep as it used to be, and a little pressure on them, especially when you got a bulldog like Lowry, could be the difference in winning that series. Where's Milwaukee? They're home. Where's Miami in the conference, conference final. finals? And with a lot of people talking about them being the New York Knicks of Latrell Spewell, um, 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 Hardaway days when they were the eighth seed. Oh yeah, they and, got and to they, the finals. And they got to, They didn't win it, but they got to the finals. Okay. Um. Yeah. Well. Uh, so I want to ask you first. Uh, game seven. It's tonight, Boston, uh, Philly. Right. Mm-hmm. Who's taking it? I'm saying Boston's going to take it. It's going to be home. I just want to remind you of this. Last year, Boston was in a Game 7 against Milwaukee. Worst Game 7 I've seen in any sport in my life. Any sport. (laughs) Holy shit. Any sport I've ever watched, I've now come to the conclusion that was the worst Game 7. How can you say a Game 7 is the worst of all time? Don't you pray for a Game 7? As you're supposed to. Okay, so we had a game seven. And you go back, look at the numbers. Look at the style of play. Look at everything. It was horrible. I'm hoping we have a better game than that. And I think because of the scoring of, of Tyrese Maxey and James Harden, we will, have a, we will have a better game. Man, Harden's been rolling. I, I said Philly in seven at the start. I'm sticking to it. And I'm saying Boston. Here's what I'm going to say the difference is going to be. If Boston's going to win, they got to go back to going into the paint. What happens in Boston is they get crazy with the jump shot, and if it doesn't go down, Philly's not afraid to go inside because Harden's a great distributor. And they so got Embiid. And they got Embiid, and they got the other guy. What's uh, Tobias Harris? Oh, yeah, Tobias Harris. Those guys can go inside. So they're not afraid to go inside outside and freaking Harden's feeding them. Because Harden's running this team right now. It's oh, all yeah. about a team Embiid, but Harden is running show. There's no I yeah, don't know he's what the, he's, the, he's the point guard. 100 percent If you look at the way he's running show, and Harden's a smart, I mean, um, intellectual basketball mm-hmm. guy. People should give Harden more of that. From his days from when he was playing way back with OKC. From when he was in Houston, he had all those intangibles. You know what I mean? Even mm. when he was playing with uh, Brooklyn. But, I mean, he, the, the combination wasn't right, and he, he adjusted his game. Because remember those high times in Houston? He was just a one-man show. Basically. But now he's proven he's the all-round player that mm. everyone says that he can be. So let's just hope we're going to have an amazing game. I hope so, too. So, oh. And then I will ask you, uh, Miami versus the winner of that series, who's going to the finals? Got to be the Lakers. No, no, I'm talking East. Oh, in the East, who's yeah. going to go? Oh. Miami versus the winner of uh, Philly, Boston. I'm going to be cheering for Miami all the way. Same here. All the way. There's no doubt about it. I hate Philly. I hate Boston. You know that. I can't stand those teams. But I'm going to tell you this: Boston's going to win tonight. So I'm going to sit on the fence for Once this. Their shot doesn't fall. Well, I think they're going to do it just because it's going to be a matter of attrition. Their bench is deeper, and their, their role player guys are better. And if they let Jalen Brown do his thing and they go into the paint. 
Because they got white and they got, um, uh, what's the other light scene guy the short hair? They got the two of them, two whites or two Washingtons, those guys. They're all got to get more play. That's all that because mm-hmm. Boston is a better team, man for man, 12-man roster. Let's not let it be the Tatum-Brown show. Let it be the whole team show in well, Boston. Tatum show, really, let's be real. Okay, whatever the case <laughs> may be. But they got, they got to move the ball around. So what I'm saying is that Boston's already had a finals last year. A lot of times when you get back there again, you know what you did wrong and you're going to improve to win. The only factor that's different is that the whole caveat is the chemistry that got wrecked knowing that Tatum was on the phone to Durant. I think that cannot be understated. I'm gonna and say on it. the flip side, I think Phillies really start to figure out their chemistry. Oh, yes, 100%. There is the best chemistry, even going back to 2019 mm-hmm. uh, and when they were playing against the Raptors and all this time here. I think this is the best chemistry on the team because Embiid's realizing he can't do it by himself, yep. which, is a, which is a huge factor in the game. But let's take it one step further here. I always said that Golden State wasn't going to make it because you know why? They had chemistry problems. I don't care what everyone says. They got over in the finals. No. They'll never get over the fact that freaking Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole. Never. 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 That never got there. Jordan Poole never looked like him, himself for the whole season. Draymond had his up and down moments during the season. So I think that one of them's gone in the offseason. And, and um, Draymond Green's contract's up. They say he's going right to L.A. Lakers? They're saying him. They're going to get like what LeBron. I believe it. What they're going to do is LeBron's going to do this. He's going to say, AD, you want to really make a super team? Let's get Draymond and let's get Kyrie. And and the Lakers are one of those teams that are not afraid to play the luxury tax. No, they are not. There you go. They so, better not be afraid to. They're, they're the freaking Lakers. Okay, so when you're the Lakers now, you don't think that's a reasonable possibility that they sign Draymond and they sign Kyrie? Oh, very Both reasonable. The, I mean, people have been talking about a LeBron Kyrie. Uh, Reunion, and they've been they, and, and they've been talking about the uh, Draymond is a and Ky- that makes a lot of sense. I don't know how those two get along, except for both the fact that I've Who, never been, two? I've never LeBron and Draymond. It's probably a lot of respect there. Oh, huge! It's got to be respect. But I heard there's a little bit more to that. But you know what? To be honest with you, I've never been a. I've never been. Let's go on the record. I was never a Jordan guy, and I've never been a LeBron guy. I respect them tremendously for the greatness that they have, but am I going out there saying, am I cheering for LeBron James? Am I cheering for Michael Jordan? Never. Well, you're a Pistons guy, so Thank you can't. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> so, no, it doesn't work that way. And, and the fact that I, I've got such an allegiance to the Raptors, too, gives me a lot of reason why. Because, like, freaking LeBron ate our lunch for how many times? Stole our About lunch? Three for, years in a row. It was just brutal. Um, that so, I'm going to ask you, conference final, Miami. Lakers. You're saying Miami-Boston. How yeah. many games? Who's winning and how many games? You know what I'd like to see? Uh, um, Butler hitting the winning jump shot on the parquet in Boston in Game 7. That would probably arouse me in so many ways. I'm just saying that... Um, okay, let me just say I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not being fair to anybody. I think Philadelphia has a better chance of beating... I mean, um, Philadelphia has a better chance of... Uh, Boston has a better chance of beating Miami than Philadelphia does. I think if they get in there, the toughness and the zaniness of um, of Miami will take Philadelphia after game. Because you know Embiid's a bitch. Yep. And yep. nobody's I taking agree. a sw- swing at him. Nobody's made him have to look tough. Jimmy Butler's going to get right in his face. He's going to step on people's toes. Lowry's going to get dirty. Um, Abayo, he's going to get there. He's going to be elbowing Embiid in the face. So I'm kind of, if Boston gets there, I think they're going. Boston's going to beat Miami, but I think Miami will beat Philadelphia. So what I should be saying is Boston's going to the conference, is going to the finals. So you're calling Lakers, Celtics, 
NBA Do, final. You don't think that ESPN and TNT and everybody in the world wants that? Come on. Of course, and of course. What, so guess what? And we're not going to say anything about Macaulay's or anything like that, but you watching these rounds now, Boston's going to get every call tonight. We'll see. I mean, tomorrow. So I, I'm going to... No, it's a game today. Three tonight. Oh, no, no, no. no. I, I think it is Sunday, actually. I think you're right. Sunday afternoon, 3.30. 3.30. You're right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Miami in seven. That's because so your gonna heart's a, talking, and you gonna, just want Jimmy Butler to... Dem- we're going to have a Denver-Miami final. Oh, my God. I think that... Number one versus right. number eight. I don't think Jokic gets through. I think he gets I think he gets exposed against the Lakers, as good as he is. This is his first, this is his best playoff year ever. I know. You know what I mean. So maybe he is finally going like you got to play like this to get mm-hmm. there. But uh, but we're we're running a lot later than we want to. So let's just cut to the chase on one more thing that we have talked about that was amazing last night. And you know how happy I am about this, Mister Milani. But our boy Bassett last night pitched oh. a nine inning complete game shutout. On 103 pitches. I was absolutely ecstatic. It's the first uh, um, complete game since 2017 when Stroman did it for us the last time. Mm -hmm. How many times have I said to you, quality starts? Yeah. I'm a big fan of that stat, too. That's my number one in baseball. Now, I think that the, the, the Blue Jays are in good shape. Barrios today is playing at home. We know he's much better at home. Atlanta Braves are arguably the best team in baseball as we speak at the quarter point in the in the season because we are now at 40 games, just about 40 games. Mm-hmm. One of the crazy things that we talked about was you got to win 20 before you lose 20. And guess what? All five teams in the American League East did that. That's the American League beast. Can we call that? <laughs> Change it to the American Fair. League beast. What we have going for us. And I'm going to say that again, and everyone pay attention to all those people panicking about what the Jays are doing up and down wise is we've only played 13 games at home. We are now on a 10-game homestand. We should win seven of these games. We should win six to seven of these games, shouldn't we? Well, the first game we had was against Atlanta, against arguably the best starter in baseball. Yep. Arguably. We beat the guy last night. Okay, now we got a couple more guys we got to deal with this, including Fried, Freed, whatever Freed. his name. And he's on my fantasy team, so I like real life better than fantasy. So if he gets smacked around, it screws up my week. As my team's on the rise, I could be in trouble. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, we got Barrios, and of course we have the revelation of the year for the Toronto for Toronto Blue Jays, Kikuchi pitching on Mother's Day. Yep. Do you know we're one of the few teams in the league? That has only gone with five starters. Wow. That is a recipe for winning your division. Well, mind you, uh, we've talked about this before. A couple teams have gone with the six starters, which could be a winning combination. Well, yeah. Okay, I'm I'm, going to give them the benefit of a doubt because then they'll have their three by the time you get there. Why don't pitchers pitch so their arms fall off? (laughs) I mean, you put it right there. The arm falls off. Don't you want these guys healthy for playoffs? No. Well, hold on, because hold on, hold on. Because how many years was it where like you were Detroit Tigers would throw Verlander and all these guys until their arms fall off? And what happened by the time you guys got to the playoffs? They were out of gas. No, that's bad management. They should have known when to freaking do it at the end. They should have freaking no, moved no, no, this no, around. The, how's that different? Okay. How's no, that no, no, any I'm different? I'll tell you right now, because here's what you do: you got five starters and a decent bullpen. Then you know when we started should be Manoa, um, Gozman, and. Um, uh, Bassett, if that's the way it's going to play out the way it is. Because mm-hmm. look at last night's game. Last night's game was the Atkins Shapiro blueprint. 
The defense was excellent last yep. night. Okay, the defense was excellent. Um, you scored three or four runs because that's all you're going to need because we're the Toronto Blue Jays. That's that's according to yeah Aikens and, and Shapiro. Have a quality start, play defense, score four runs. You win more than you lose. Mm-hmm. That was the recipe last night. Now here's another thing that was here last night. We don't get Varsho's swing in all those other parks. Did you see him crack that home run last night? He's going to hit a bunch more. He's only played 11 games, 12 games at the Dome. He's got a Dome swing. I think he's going to hit over 20. Easy. No, he might hit Probably 30. 20. I was going to say at least 25. What's he got now, five or four? That was his sixth, I believe. His sixth, he hitting 30 easy. Because look at all the games he hasn't played at the Dome. He's got five already. Mm-hmm. So over the course of the season, you go four times, that's 20-some home runs, which he's hit before. And now he's third in the team in home runs. That's what I'm saying. The guy's going to hit 30. At the day. His swing is made for that right field porch. Did yep. you see him hit that ball? That ball was out of here, but it was gone. Yeah. Kansas City? No. Oh. Loud out. Um, what's the other park? That Detroit. They Loud out. Um, where else have they played? Uh, White Sox. No, White Sox oh. played here. No, what was the other park, big park that they played in? Kansas City. Oh, um, Anaheim. Oh, yeah. Out. That's an out. Think of all those places that he's played where he's hit balls like that, where guys are at the warning track doing this. Okay, now that swing is made for order. So I'm giving, I'm starting to give these Shapiro and Akins guys. They're good baseball guys. They were perennials in Cleveland. Yep. Okay. With a lot smaller budgets. Okay, so now got a bigger budget, and here they're going like this team. I'm still saying I, the, the the Jays will chase down Tampa Bay. I think so too. Over a matter of time, and you look at you Tampa Bay. They played a lot of bombs. I like the fact that they keep beating the Yankees. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Yankees are last place. What, oh yeah. What's up with that? No pitching. Like we said, no pitching, uh, sketchy defense. Worst combination in the league. The, the team that's surprising us in this is Baltimore because I don't know how Baltimore is staying there with their pitching. But they're, they hit that, a time. They're going to fall back down to, to earth soon, though. What's Boston going to do? I, I, they're, they're pitching. Like they, Remember, we counted them out the first month. Uh, they I, think, I think Boston's too much in the dirty middle, kind of, you know. For well, you know what ALEs. I'm saying? This much is that during the end of the day, it always comes down to pitching. Boston's fucking knocking the ball off, the cover off the ball. Mm-hmm. They're really pounding the ball. So, They've allowed a lot of runs. Oh, yeah, well, but they scored a lot of runs. Yeah. They're top three in the league, aren't they? Or they're number one. They're, they're top three in, in offense or maybe number one. They're third in the American League. Yeah, yeah third in the American League, but what, what's their uh, – on the pitching side? Oh, they're like <laughs> third worst. Yeah, so that doesn't – Fourth that, worst, whatever. But That, that won't play out because, look, they caught us on, on a bad run. They beat the living hell out of us in four games. I think Boston's going to be a lot closer to 500 by the time oh, we I get to October. And, and you know what? But I think that maybe by the time we get to July. No, I think the hitting usually the hitting will carry. Yeah, to the All Star break. Yeah, you know, and then that the, the pitching will come. I just don't see that. I think I love Baltimore's lineup. The sure. young guys, they're exciting. Yes, they are, and and they hit around, but they don't have enough pitching either. No. Can I just say one more thing that I said earlier in the year about the Toronto Blue Jays? And if you can back me up on this, I said that Jordan Romano is not a dominant start closer. I'll agree with that. Remember earlier in the year, I don't know if you agreed with me then because you, you were spouting off his stats pretty good, and I said, so what? Why do you think we brought in Eric Swanson? No, no, I was with you there. I was with you there because okay. I, I, I remember uh, Romano's home away splits uh, last season. Barrios' were worse, but he's playing better on the road this year, which I'm going to give him credit for. I'm just saying the surprises in the league. We, we, we're going to talk more about baseball, especially when playoffs are ended because we're getting near the end of the show. I don't want to drag this out. Um, um, I'm really surprised still at the Minnesota Twins. 
I think their pitching staff is starting to look like something. We'll get more in-depth in them later. I think that they're going to be there for the long haul in a weak division. What, what, what's going on with the White Sox? They are the biggest joke in baseball. They ran an, a Hall of Fame guy out of town, which they should have at the time. Because he shouldn't have even had the job to start. There you go. But now, can you blame it on him? He's not around. <laughs> so what's now, Chicago? I think they got too many Tim Andersons. How so, what do you mean by that? I thought Tim Anderson was going to be a great everyday ball player. The guy you're going to pencil in, he's going to be great. Between the bitching and the freaking Knicks and uh, airs and minor injuries, mm. they got a bunch of guys that seem like that. And who's their starting rotation? Nobody. <laughs> we're going to we're going to get back on them. But you give the, uh, Chicago was considered by most pundits at least a playoff team. I mean, I thought they would be at least 500. Like people 83, they were, 84. A lot of people tell them to win the division. The scary team in that thing is, and I can go back to my old friends, is don't count out the Detroit Tigers. They are an incredible surprise. Now, they're a little under 500. Look, right? Uh, yeah, they're 17 and 20. But, I mean, who's hitting on that team? That's the problem. But they got a bunch. Of, they, they got a good bullpen. <laughs> who's going to hit, though? I don't know. We're going <laughs> to figure it out. Maybe, maybe the guys will come around. Maybe they're, they're going to bring them up. They're second last in runs scored in the American League. But where are they at? They're top 10 in... in um, they're top 10 in... Um, um, pitching, aren't they? Yeah, they're kind of in the middle, though. Like, yeah, they're right in the middle, but they're like, that's—I don't think that's good enough. What's that? I don't think that's good enough. Well, look at look at the division. I'm just—I mean, I'm Grant. Okay, up. here's the thing about Detroit. I love them. I, I know you love them, so I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna put this. Uh, I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna put on the kids' gloves here, but uh, like, listen, improvement, steady improvement with this team. It's great. Not there yet. Maybe next year. Their biggest downfall is their run differential. Well, because they can't score. But they could come around. Let's give them some time. Um, you know what I mean? Like, the thing about the Detroit Tigers is they're It's, it's almost a month and a half. Okay, but, okay, that's good. So we, we haven't got to June yet. We haven't got to June. I'm going to say the thing about them is I really like um, their – they got, like, I'm – pulling up their roster here okay when it, come on get up here on my screen okay when you look at the roster here okay let's look at some of these guys riley green this kid is young he's going to be great defense by the way you see him play defense okay i say he can hit more he can say i'm not sure about uh this spencer torkelson guy i haven't really looked at him very closely their third baseman this matin guy huge potential Hitting 162. There you go. Okay, but he will hit more. It's going to come along. I'm just saying he's going to be there. I think that Javier Baez, we got to farm him out. He's past his best before <laughs> date, but we need some presence on there. We still got to let um, we got to let um, Cabrera go because you know this is his farewell tour, so to speak. I think Jonathan Shoup is a guy that's going to be better. He's still Scope. on. Scope, yeah, he he's on the rise. I think that um, Scope is like kind of old though, isn't he? No, he's only like 25, 26. He's still he's still got a really. Yeah, yeah, I feel like he's been around for like ten years. This guy. I don't think so. I'm going to look up him right now. Jonathan Snoopbats, right? Born in 1993, so he is 91. About, he's 31. He's, 30, he's 30, No, no, is he? Is he 31? Jonathan oh. Scope, 19, uh, October 16, 1991. Birthday. He is. He is yeah. over. I thought he. From Curacao. Did not know that. I did not know. Any in any event, they think that what's happening is they've got enough pitching, so to speak, like that they could eventually get there. They got a bunch of young arms, and if you look at them, uh, they only have like a, a handful of guys hitting. Over 700 OPS, though. 
Okay, I got you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. So let's flip over here. This is the part that I want to get to. That's one of the things that Detroit's doing, according to the gospel, according to Cruz. Okay, let's take a look at this. The pitching stats. Okay, game started. They only have one, two, three, four, five guys that have started, except for the one guy that was out and they had. That the Fido guy they brought up because someone was injured and they had an extra day. So the Detroit Tigers are going to the formula. Look, they've only had five guys starting. So that's a consistent rotation. Again, they're, pitching they're, isn't the problem. Well, I know they got a hit, but I mean, over a course of time, the hitting will bring it up a bit. I'm saying that, guess what? When it gets down to the end, if you, if you really look at it, whether or not you, you want to accept it or say anything, that's a weak goddamn division. I think I think the Tigers are a 75-win ball club at the end of the day. I say they play 500, and 500 could win this division. Why not? Uh, Is Minnesota going to stay that great? You were pumping Minnesota's Tigers just I do, like I last like them week. Too. So those two, those two guys, like, I don't know what's going on with Cleveland because Cleveland could switch it on in the second half, and suddenly they're there. Yeah, they're there. a weird team. They're weird this year, too. So I'm just saying that I, I really my, – my, the end goal before we end the show today is um, – I think that the American League East is so insane, and one of those teams are not going to make the playoffs. Yep, at least one. At least one of them not going to make the playoffs. So that what I'm saying is that all these other teams in the American League, they better win their division or they're going nowhere. No one's going to get in on it yep. there. All of a sudden, Texas, DeGrom, on the injured, on the 10-day. Yeah, I mean, there's some yeah. teams in the West that are kind of a wild card. But uh, will Houston come all the way back? I agree they will when the dust settles because that American League West is another team yeah. that is another. You got to look at those like right now. You have to look at them. They're all they're all playing like look, they got if Seattle had won one more game, they'd have four twenty game winners. So that means that they're going to have four teams that won twenty before they lose twenty. Mm -hmm. That's another division there. And another division that's really really crazy that you got to start looking at is the um, is the National League West. Oh, they're yeah. they're like I mean they're scrambled now, but they're gonna they're, they're, they're that's gonna be a dogfight season. And the really thing that the the uh, the the commissioner and everybody in baseball must be really happy about is the division races are gonna be mad on everyone there. Like look at the Central. Oh yeah. Now Pittsburgh's come back to the pack. Like we thought they would. Of course they would. But look at that now though. And and, and are the Reds? Look at the Cincinnati Reds. Look they're not their, that bad this year. They're not that bad. And the team that was supposed to win the division is where? Uh, I don't know if I'd say that because I think I they saw were a lot predicted of people. as a wild card. They, St. Some Louis? St. Louis, some predicted to win the division. Some predicted said they, they'd be a wild I card. I thought, team. I know, everything I saw was saying Milwaukee was going to win the oh, division. Oh, no, Milwaukee's but, too. They were the number one. They were the premier yeah. team. And look, they're rising up now. So I think that they, they're there. I, I think it's just going to be a matter of like, you know, early in the season, teams had hard ons. Yeah. By the time they get down the road, Milwaukee's going to be there. But because look at St. Louis has got to realize this. You already have eight games in the last column to get to Milwaukee. That's eight games. That's very makeable. But this is the middle of June. Do oh, you want to be they're, eight they're, games out in uh, the start of June? They're six and thirteen at home, though. That's oh, a big red flag. that huge red flag. I was going to bring that up. So, in any event, um, I'm not really sure where we're going to go with the American League. We got all season to talk about it. We're just reason we're going to bring it up is because we're excited about baseball, especially after last night seeing a complete game shutout. Pitched by a guy who in the very beginning of the season I was cutting up because I said he couldn't text his pitches home to the catcher. Can I apologize to you, buddy? You're economical. You're good. You you know what he is? He's, 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 he is, because he has not pitches, he has got that dirty pitch that if you don't catch it, goes straight up in the air. Mm. See how many like short fly balls there were last night? 
Like there was at least seven or eight like infield fly, yep. which means that guys that, that that's that sneaky little slurve. You know, yep. you think you got it, but you don't because you're out, out in front of it, which just shows you're out in front of the pitch because it goes straight up in the mm-hmm. end. You know what I mean? Anyways, we yeah. Always... So uh, and you know, Beast are out now. So Blue Jays, it's your town. Oh, here we're gonna go. You better own it. And we're gonna do it now. Now before we go, because we stretch it on, and we do have a program here where we try to talk about a lot of things. We don't get it to it because my mouth is too big, and I'm really, really. People, did you hear Andrew's intro today? We're going to get more out of him because that was amazing. There's just two or three things I want to bring up before we go. One of them is, in the future, can we discuss this? From now on in the playoffs, in the first round, if you can have a bracket, great. But in the second round, you are seated according to your standings. I think just do it like the way... Well, okay, so NHL, you need to do one through eight. Then reseeding. That's NBA's got to NBA's got to take notes too. That's what they're they're the number one reason about this because there's no way Phoenix should have been playing Denver in the second round, but they were bitches anyway and they went home. Yeah. Okay. Another thing I wanted to bring up um, a lot um, recently is that um, the NFL never goes away. <laughs> no, it does not. That is a monolith that moves. They've got something all during the year that's got headlines, no matter what's going on. And, of course, they stole headlines this week again with what? The schedule coming out. And who's playing opening night, Cruz? I want to have something to say right now, okay? Can I deal with this, Mr. Milani? Can you give me um, – can I end the show on this, please? Can I say something, okay? The flagship game of the year, of course, is you start off at home with the uh, – The Super Bowl winner. Champion. Once upon a time, you said it should be a Super Bowl champion should play a division rival. Remember way back when they first started doing that, when Bon Jovi, the very first time Bon Jovi was at a halftime show, when they first started opening the season on Thursdays. What year was this? Oh, I don't know, 15 years ago. How long has it been opening on season? It's Thursday night. It's got to be at least 15 yeah. years. At least 15? Because that was about the time I started watching football, so I probably didn't even realize like it, oh. it was a new thing. Oh, it was a brand new thing. Because <laughs> okay, they started doing it on Thursday night. Bon Jovi was the opening show and all that stuff. So what they started off doing was you played a division rival. Okay, you play yep. the division rival because that was a great way to start the season. Let's have a division rival. Now all these little bitches started complaining. Well, we're not ready to play a division rival. Okay, then. So what we do is we'll play a. <laughs> is a, that what happens? I don't know, but this is a, this is the gospel according to Cruz. So then, when it started happening, is well, let's have conference rivalry games. So what did you have to start the season? Tampa Bay and Dallas. You had Seattle against uh, when they won the the Super Bowl. Seattle played. Um, was it? Um, Philadelphia. When Philadelphia New won England, this into, uh, Pittsburgh. New England, Pittsburgh. Okay, you had those conference games. Once again, those guys started bitching. Well, it's a little early in the season to have a game that this tight. So they said, well, let's cross conferences. Okay. If I hear one more person say that the Detroit Lions does not deserve to be on opening night, eat my shorts. Why not? Last time I checked, the Detroit Lions play in the NFL. Last time I checked, they were an original NFL team going back to the 40s when it started. Have I not seen that they made a run last year? Oh, oh, who cares? They knocked out Aaron Rodgers. We blew it in the Carolina game. We beat Carolina. We're in the playoffs. Have I heard everybody say that the Detroit Lions are one of the sexiest teams to be cheering about to start the season? Oh, by the way, do you know that I've been stomping on hands that have been getting on the bandwagon? Stop it right now. (laughs) Why can't we have a chance like everybody else? So I got three things to say to everybody that says the Detroit Lions do not deserve to be playing on Thursday night, and I'm not stuttering. Listen really closely, okay? Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, and that's the last time you hear me swear in the house that happens. I'm sticking up for my Detroit Lions. 
I got a brother, Joe, who's out in Vancouver. Listen to me, bro. We're taking it. We're not letting anybody on the bandwagon. When we sodomize the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead on Thursday night, what are you going to do then? Everyone's going to jump on the bandwagon. Everyone's going to say, oh, we, we, we told you Detroit was going to be good. And if we get blown out, everyone's going to say, oh, see, they shouldn't have been on TV. So guess what? We can't win. But I'm going to defend the den, people. You know what I'm saying? Detroit Lions 2023, I'm very excited. I'm not going to say that we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm more optimistic than usual, but I'm a 50-year fan. And what can go wrong, can go wrong, we have invented that. We are the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL. How's that, people? Uh, well, it's between you guys and the Browns for that. <laughs> you know, we are cousins. We are cousins. Uh, okay. Detroit Lions playoffs this year. Hundred percent. We're okay, going. I love it. We're love in. It. We're hundred percent. We're going to talk football. We're going to um, go. Anything else you'd like to, uh, to, to go on about? Shout out to Super Max Verstappen winning the Grand Prix uh, last weekend in uh, Miami. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm just becoming an F1 fan. I did not realize the magnitude of having a win cool. from the ninth position insane i don't think he'd and do the that. way he worked him like he it was like 10 laps in he was already second third place oh motor you know you know it is because you know uh, you tell me because you're more formula fan i think that he got it, he got it faster because that layout this is a brand new layout miami it's second, second year, year. So, but like and they changed the track a little bit yeah so they, they got those spots where you can just blow by guys not not uh, if you correct me if i'm wrong not all the tracks have that feature you get those times to get in and get out. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what yeah. Is. But this, I noticed this Miami track. There's just straight out. Let's give her. I like. But that. I mean, he As was the only guy. Man. I mean, he was the only guy that was getting it done at some point. So like, we saw Charles Leclerc. He had trouble. I was just getting, gonna say he was there, and then his curb. Well, I mean, he had trouble getting past uh, Magnuson and the Haas, which was like. Yeah. Okay, but then, but then, then he fell back because he had curb troubles. Remember, he didn't even get in the top five. No, yeah, he was like seventh or so something. Yeah, but then, but then they, 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 I heard after race, you know, that little thing. He had something weird mechanical. He was complaining about the car. Yeah, something happened with but the car. But then I heard something, too, that he chose, um, like, the not the layout or whatever, but, like, the little tinkers that they did with the car. So it might be on him. So I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Ferrari just again. doesn't have it this year. That's the point. Okay, so before we go, and we're not really political, but before I go, i got to say one thing. Okay, well, I didn't want that in there, but it's there now. It's too late. Um I don't know if Andrew's going to do this, but everyone knows that I'm a bit of a historian. I pay attention to what's going on in the news. I've often been accused of reading too many newspapers, but I'm just going to say this. We got an election for mayor of Toronto coming up next month, and I'm firmly endorsing Andrew Furry as mayor of Toronto. Just want to put that in there. Okay. So a lot of people have come up and asked me, Andrew, believe it or not, I've had people, I've had people walking on the streets say, hey, Cruz, can you give me a, what's, I don't really know everybody in the election. Mm -hmm. We're, this is not a political show. No. But I'm just going to say that even when you see it on TV, sometimes those guys throw in their little thing about who they like politically, like all those Barack Obama lovers yeah. and all that thing. So I don't know, Andrew, you do your studying. I'm hoping. Oh, I, I don't vote. What? I don't live in Toronto. Oh, yeah, you're outside. I'm Vaughn. You're Vaughn. That's right. Okay, I thought, I forgot you're not voting. So, okay, then, then 100%, house that happens. We endorse <laughs> Andrew Fury, and that's the way it is. Like I said, everybody, if you really, really love sports, you'd love last night. We're hoping in the next couple weeks we're going to have a few more nights like that before we go on. Don't you agree? Amen. Hi, my name is Cruz. And I'm Andrew Milani. Thanks for listening, and we're out of here.